I, HMP, the hosts of Horror Movie Podcast, Dr. Shock, Wolfman Josh, and Gilman. Congratulations on episode 200. I'm Tom Savini, and you're listening to Horror Movie Podcast, where we're dead serious about horror movies. Aren't you? Welcome to episode 200 of the Horror Movie Podcast, where we are dead serious about horror movies. On Horror Movie Podcast, you get in-depth horror movie reviews for classics and new releases with ratings and recommendations. We are your horror hosts, Gilman Joel Robertson, Dave Dr. Shock Becker, and Wolfman Josh. What hath God wrought? <laughs> <laughs> As part of our episode 200 celebration, we're bringing you something very different from our usual format with an Ask Me Anything featuring questions provided by you, the HMP audience. As well as our five horror flicks we might have never seen were it not for HMP lists. All right, so here we are. We made it. We are here, guys. 200 episodes. I've been here since the beginning. Oh, wait, no, I haven't. But you two have. (laughs) No, I I wasn't there from the beginning. Oh, that's true. That's true. I I was not. I was a late addition as well. Oh, very late. Like episode two, three. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you're right. Oh, episode two. Very late addition. Just like me. Dave and I are in the same boat. But Josh, you've been here since the beginning. I've been here since episode one. Yes. (laughs) So, Josh, this is 200th episode for Josh. It's episode 199 for Dave, and it's episode like eight for me. <laughs> that lasted them all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, so yeah, we want to definitely celebrate this episode 200. So, we're doing things a little differently, as Joel suggested. But I also just wanted to thank, first of all, Kagan Breitenbach, who uh, gave us our familiar rendition of Fred Ingram's original theme on episode 100 and now for episode 200 has kind of reworked and retooled and given us a brand new theme with some flavor from the past. So thank you so much to Kagan for doing that. That was awesome. It was a wonderful surprise. We didn't know if it was going to happen and, uh, and he pulled it off. So thank you, Kagan. Yes. Fantastic. Absolutely. Absolutely. That was great. Yes. And uh, also shout out to my friend Quinn, who uh, was previously one of the guitarists for the used. He is working with Kagan right now on a musical project and uh, Kagan got him on the track. So that's kind of cool, too. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, it really is. It's great because it has enough of that original theme there. Mm -hmm. That is the perfect blend of the old and something new. Love it. 
Yeah, and we've, you know, we've updated every 100 episodes at this point, so it just feels right. Like, it's a good time to transition. Joel's on board. And there are a lot of things, you know, where, you know, Joel, you came in at a very difficult time for this podcast. And it's been kind of a rough road in some ways, but in other ways, very easy because you're so easy to work with. But it's been a, a difficult thing to decide, like, what to keep and what to change. And so it's just been kind of this slow evolution and for me, it's felt like looking forward to this moment of episode 200 is a time where we can kind of say, okay, this is the podcast now, you know, and we look toward the future with Joel at the helm and it just feels right. And yeah, I'm excited about some of those changes. So what you're basically saying is from here on out, we're just doing Ask Me Anything episodes and having yeah. ran- random lists. Okay, cool. Absolutely. Welcome to the new show where <laughs> we like just sit and talk and don't review any movies. We're just going to take movie out. It's just going to be horror podcast. Well, actually, yeah. so it's basically just going to be another retro movie geek. We'll, <laughs> we'll say we're going to review these movies and they never quite get around to them. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I love it. Um, along those lines of evolution, um, Peter Strain, who is one of the artists who's contributed artwork to the Horror Movie Podcast t-shirts. He did like a really incredible original image, but that included a lot of horror icons on it. He is doing an updated version of that shirt. And so the old version, if you want the classic HMP version that has the names Dr. Walking Dead and Jay of the Dead, those will be available uh, for the next couple of weeks until the next episode drops. And at that point, a new version of that shirt will go up that says Gilman Joel on it. So that's exciting as well. And we thank Peter for making that update to his design. And yeah, so. Awesome. Wolfman, Gilman, Dr. Shock. Congratulations, man. Uh, Episode 200, that's amazing. This is Ryan Lambert. I was Rudy from the Monster Squad. You're listening to Horror Movie Podcast, where we're dead serious about horror movies. Welcome to the goddamn club. Okay, so we will, I guess, start off with this AMA concept, which was kind of fun. We posted to Twitter and to Facebook a post that asked for listener questions and we got some voicemails and a lot of replies to those posts. And so we'll just go around the horn, I guess, and, and read some of these questions from our listeners. Um, so first we're hearing from Carmen, the vampire slayer. And she says, what is HMP's origin story confession? I haven't listened to every episode, but I have listened to many and don't remember hearing this story. So uh, the HMP origin story. I think, I think I think I think I should I should feel this one, Josh. I'm just totally yeah. kidding. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we should all talk about maybe our podcasting origin stories because that I think that's what really led to the creation of HMP more than any single thing. Sure. Um, from my perspective, I just fell in love with podcasts from the first moment I heard them. The first one I ever heard that I remember was I was looking up interviews with Kevin Smith and there was one (laughs) on the slash film cast and it was like their third episode or something. And I listened to it and I was like, Oh, this is kind of interesting. And then I found film spotting and film junk right after that. Mm -hmm. 
And Film Junk was really the one that made me want to podcast. And they had like a whole list of ways to get started podcasting. They would put together kind of like an FAQ on how to start podcasting. And that was what Slash Film used to get their podcast started. And so I just kind of became obsessed with listening to those three film podcasts. And um, my first podcast that I ever did was one episode. <laughs> and it was uh, called 801 underground and i did it with william who's on the network and it was supposed to be like what's going on in indie film and music scenes in utah and our, my friends in the used had a song that they never published called 801 underground and so william and i did an acoustic cover of that song it was our theme song and we talked about all the local film productions and local bands for one episode and then never did another <laughs> episode after that um <laughs> then after my film clean flicks came out michael moore invited us to his film festival and he said that um he wanted to start like this michael moore film club like the oprah book club and every week he would put in theaters uh, a film that he was kind of putting his name on as a documentary to help documentaries get more widespread recognition and so he wanted me to be part of that and as a concept i thought well what if we start a podcast based around that film club and then every time a documentary comes out as part of the advertisement we can go out and help advertise that film and so i contacted jay cheel who was our guest on the cursed films podcast and he had been one of the hosts of film junk and i said hey you've got this documentary blog and a podcast that's really popular do you want to team with me and we'll do this uh documentary podcast and promote the michael moore documentary club and so that was kind of the backstory for how we ended up starting our documentary podcast which was like in 2009 or 2010 or something around there. So we posted that from his documentary blog website and we did like 13 episodes of that uh, before we both got too busy to do it. Michael Moore's movie club never materialized. And so it just became kind of uh, too much work for the feed, you know, for what we were getting out of it. But it did really well because it was the only documentary podcast on the internet. So we were listed as like one of the top 10 movie podcasts up with Kevin Smith's podcast and Elvis Mitchell's podcast in USA today and New York times. And we were like, Whoa, this is sweet. But um, we ended up not continuing that. Then I contacted Jay who I had, he had been doing a movie blog called considering the cinema with Andy and my co-director on clean flicks. And I was occasionally contributing to that blog with them where we would watch a movie and then kind of write little blog entries about it. It was like a movie club in blog form. And um, I said, Hey Jay, like you're the smartest movie guy that I know we should start a podcast together. And that would be fun. And he's like, no, I don't have time. I'm not interested in podcasting. Sounds dumb. And then he <laughs> got, <laughs> but I had given him a list of the podcasts. I like film spotting film junk. And for him, it was slash film that really captured his imagination. And he became obsessed with movie podcasts at that point, got into horror podcasts, found Bill Shetty and Dave and that whole world. And then that later long story short, too late led to the creation of movie podcast weekly with Jay that I was, I think I joined on episode eight um, because he was too embarrassed to invite me on initially. Cause he had told me he didn't want a podcast and then later started his own podcast. <laughs> um, and then, uh, <laughs> but he invited me on in full time in episode eight. And then, you know, we did that podcast together for a while before we decided to launch horror movie podcast over here. 
And uh, he wanted to podcast with Dave, who we had previously podcasted with on Horror Metropolis. But again, he was too embarrassed to ask Dave because he had quit a couple podcasts with Dave previous to that. <laughs> um, so we, we went with Kyle, who we, you know, I thought was like the absolute best option anyway. And then, uh, you know, Kyle lasted one episode and I said, listen, <laughs> we're going to have to replace Kyle. This isn't going to work. Um, how are we not having Dave on this podcast? Dave should absolutely be the other guy. And so Dave joined us for episode two. And that was my experience for how HMP started. And, how about you, Dave? And what well, can I just roll wow. a quick ad? Uh, yeah. And then, of course, Dave was horrified to learn that 200 episodes later, he would still have to be here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For me, podcasts were a dozen and done. That's <laughs> like, well, for, for, for a long time, that's all it was for me. Um it's funny because I'm, I'm going back now to to uh, 2010. It was August of 2010 when I started DVD Infatuation. And it was around 2009 that I started uh, really getting into podcasts. I had heard some previous to that, but I, I started really listening to a lot of them. I listened. My first one was DVD Weekly Podcast. I listened to that all the time and started to get into other movie podcasts, B-Movie Cast, um, uh, Cinema Diabolica, a lot of other ones. Um, never in a million years did I think... I personally would be a podcaster. Never. When I first contacted podcasts back then, it was to promote my blog. That was the only thing I had in mind was promoting my blog. So I would send into the podcast I listened to saying, hey, yes, I have this blog, DVD Infatuation. I would ask some questions and interact with them. I was sitting at my computer one day. I was actually writing one of my reviews for DVD Infatuation, and I got an email popped up. Uh, from Bill Shetty uh, saying, hey, I'm uh, starting a new podcast. I'm looking for co-hosts. Uh, would you be interested? I was like, huh, you know, uh, maybe, uh, maybe I'll give it a try. So I sent it back. I sent the email back. What I found out later was he sent that email to five people. I just happened to be the first one to reply. <laughs> So that's what got me into the show. Um, and then I had sort of a test. Uh, I got a microphone. I got this cheapo thing from Walmart for like $9 <laughs> with a headset and a little microphone on it that I you know, put in my computer because I, I knew nothing about equipment or anything of that. Bill Shetty and Greg Amortis were the first two I ever talked to. They called me to see what I sounded like. And they said, no, he sounds pretty good. I think he'll be okay on the show. <laughs> so uh, that's how I ended up on Planet Macabre. Which lasted, that was a started, first episode was December of 2010, I want to say, beginning of December 2010. That lasted to about mid-2011. Uh, then it became Horror Jungle, which lasted three episodes. Then it became Horror Palace, which was a network. And that's when Jay came in with um, Weekly Horror Podcast, uh, which I was on. And then Horror Metropolis as well. Um, but like I said, all the podcasts I was on, start, stop, start, stop, start, stop. There was none that had lasted a long time. Even Creeps Your Feature. I was on with Greg Amortis early on with Creeps Your Feature. Even that kind of dwindled away. So for me, podcasts were just a quick little thing uh, until Jay came to me. It's funny because I started with Land of the Creeps and Horror Movie Podcast almost at the same time, within a month of each other. Well, it was Horror Metropolis then, right? Well, it was Horror Metropolis, yeah, but I'm talking HMP now because Horror Metropolis didn't last. That went away. All these things were like going and, and coming and going, but at, it was in, I guess it was 2013 when Greg Amortis asked if I'd be on Land of the Creeps, which had already been going on the Horror Palace Network at the time. 
and it was around that time that Jay contacted me saying, hey, you know, um, Kyle's not sure if he can continue on horror movie podcast. Would you like to do it? And I'll be honest with you. He could have asked me from episode one. I would have said yes. But, you know, it, it, be that as it may, I came on in episode two. Both of those podcasts now, Land of the Creeps and Horror Movie Podcast, have been going since 2013 on a regular basis. It's very rewarding to me to be part of be part of something that has lasted this long and has grown as it has. I mean, you know, the the just just with the people I meet and, and everything, it's just a, a great experience. But that's my history uh, with with podcasts. I should really briefly acknowledge that I was also briefly a part of Horror Palace Network. I yes. came in late and then it ended like right after I came in. Right. So I wasn't there long, but that is where the name Wolfman Josh came from because mm-hmm. at that point, you know, uh, Bill Shetty was wanting everyone to have horror monikers for that pod, for that network. And so I thought, well, Wolfman Jack. Absolutely. Wolfman Josh. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and I was on a few episodes of Horror Metropolis when that show ended and the network was kind of crumbling and I didn't have a home yet a podcasting home at that time. But then I want, this is what I want to acknowledge. Greg Amortis said, Hey man, you can be on our show. And that was super kind of him to have me on. And so I was on land of the creeps for just a few episodes, but it was a great time. And, and I was on that show until around the time movie podcast weekly started. And then I, I transitioned over there, but I just want to thank Greg. Cause he, he gave me a place to hang my hat for a little while between gigs. So thanks to Greg and land yeah. of the creeps for sure. Yep. Absolutely. And I, I'm the same way. He, he came to me right around the time that uh, our palace was was falling apart and said, um, you know, you'd be on Land of the Creeps anytime. I was like, yeah, because I had podcasts with Greg previously on Creeps Your Feature and always enjoyed it. So I was like, yeah, sure, absolutely. Um, and it was right around that time. It was almost I'm saying within a month of each other that I ended up joining HMP as well. So I've been on both podcasts ever since. So my story, my 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 brief origin story. Well, let's hear your podcasting story because you you've been podcasting longer than all of us, I think. At least, at least consistently. Oh, there's no doubt. Absolutely. Well, actually, it's, it's funny because Jay always has said that he'll he'll I, I've heard him say that before. He'll be like, and and you know, Joel's is. I actually think I started technically because he started considering the sequels some point in early 2010. I think I started Forgotten Flicks. Jason Grooms and I started it together, December 22nd, somewhere around there of 2010 so forgotten flicks was a a blog at first and i knew i was gonna do a podcast but i want to get the blog rolling and i think i started it dave if i remember this correctly and correct me if i'm wrong it was like in september of 2010 and so it was like a month after you would start dvd infatuation and then you and i actually i i think we made a connection on twitter even before the podcast had dropped i think oh yes i think so i I, absolutely i mean and i and i remember sending uh a voicemail in uh, to um, uh, the, to your podcast, I remember. I remember sending a pod, uh, a voicemail in yeah. about how I had gotten some Corman Blu-rays at the time. I think Death Race two thousand or something. I picked them up because you guys had mentioned that on a previous podcast, one of your earlier ones. And um, I, I remember I was driving in a rainstorm when I left that message <laughs> of all things. But um, that's when we connected. I mean, it goes back to uh, to that. Yeah, I want to say very early. Uh, it was in 2010 before I was a podcaster. I think it might have even been. So, so let's put this in perspective, Dave. Literally, by by around next month, we'll have known each other a decade. That is yeah, nuts. That's amazing. That is that's a, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I've known you for like almost half my life. 
Yeah, it's a (laughs) (laughs) me too. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So as far as podcasting goes, though, I had been I'd been listening to podcasts uh, in around two started really listening to them around 2000, late 2007, going into 2008. And I had left being a teacher. I don't know if those of you out there know I used to be a a public school teacher. Yes. Be very, very afraid. And I left that when my wife and I had had our first child. Uh, My timing was impeccable because a month after being at my new corporate job where I was making not a, a huge amount more, but an, enough more to when she gave me the call like a month in and says, yeah, baby number two is on the way. It's like, ah! so um, that that worked <laughs> out. But because I was stuck in a cube all day, you know, I'm working on stuff. I was I started listening to all these podcasts. Well, specifically, and Josh, I know you and I've had this conversation ad nauseum, massive lost fan freaking obsessed with the show and so i found two podcasts one was called the transmission with ryan ozawa and his wife jen i don't know if you ever listened to that one josh uh but i i love them and like every time yeah so every episode that would come out of lost that yeah they would do a a follow-up you know episode where they would go through you know break down all the different stuff and and because and they're actually they live in hawaii i think to this day they still live in hawaii and he's i i'm pretty sure i think he's a native of hawaii and they would go to the, you know, they would talk to the people from the show. And so it was really cool. And then there was another one called the lost podcast with Jay and Jack. And th- so those two podcasts, I, I would listen to every week without fail. And then there was another one called remember when, which had uh, these hosts named Paris and Jay, and they were very sporadic for when they came out, but it was just these two dudes, friends, geeks, geeking out about movies. That's what it was. And, and, and I could relate to them very well. So I would listen to these shows and then somewhere along the way, I, I met actually very, where was he around 2008 at some point, I think is when Jason Groom started working at the same place as I was working. We met and maybe it was even 2000, Jason, Jason, correct me if I'm wrong on this, if you happen to be listening, it was either 2008, 2009, he and I met and very somewhere in there, somewhere throughout that time period, like 2009 going into 2010, I remember have, coming to him and saying, hey, man, what if we were to like do like a podcast type thing? And you, I was telling you about these shows and he was listening to the, those shows as well, at least the lost ones. And we started like brainstorming stuff and we came up with all these different ideas and it ultimately led to us doing forgotten flicks and side story for anybody out there who ever wants to do something like podcasting or start a YouTube channel or whatever. The very first little quote unquote intro episode of Forgotten Flicks, I did by myself. It was 10 minutes long. It was just to get something in the feed before Jason and I did our first official episode. I must have re recorded that thing 28 times. I was standing in a closet and I was so terrified. You would have thought I was naked in front of an audience of 10,000 people. It was and, and because at that time in my life, I didn't realize, I mean, I was, I, I had massive amounts of anxiety and I literally had ADHD and didn't know it. So I was dealing with a lot of stuff that after doing forgotten flicks, I sort of, you know, got myself the help I needed, but I'm saying that I put myself out there and I was terrified. So we did it. He, he thanked, goodness for Mr. Grooms, one of the greatest humans I've ever known. He, you know, did that show with me. We did it together for four years. I got to meet awesome people through it. Dave, Peter, Hammond, the Daryl, very early on, Daryl actually did an episode. I think it was our either our Transfers episode or our Superman. We covered all the four original Superman movies. Uh, Daryl joined us. And, uh, and so point is, there's so many. And, and, and if I left you out, I apologize to anybody that's listening. But I met tons of awesome people because of that. And it just kind of just kept going and going, and going. It didn't really, you know, Forgotten Flicks was never some kind of like, yo, know, oh, it was a huge hit with big numbers. It wasn't like that. But it led to me telling my wife 
who at that point is, you know, dealing with some very young kids. And she had been around the time that we had uh, our third kid, which would have, he was born in 2009. Um, she had, she'd been trying to lose weight. My wife and I both had had weight issues our whole lives. Uh, and she ended up when she had our first kid being well over 300 pounds and she ended up losing 170 pounds over that within that five-year window of having three kids three c-sections and a double hernia operation and and she just did it through just good old-fashioned you know counting the calories and exercise and that's pretty Mm -hmm. much what she did and she and and she changed her mindset about a lot of stuff and i just told her once because she was a teacher she was a great teacher unlike me she was actually a really good teacher and i I was like you know you'd be really good at podcasting you know you've got a great voice and blah 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 so she wasn't necessarily 100 percent into the idea for a long time i'd been pushing her to do a blog it was when blogging was huge like in 2008 she was having none of that she hates to write so I finally got to do a podcast, which led to her doing a show called Half Size Me, which we still do to this day. And we have built an entire business around and actually have met amazing people and get to help people. And it's awesome. So uh, podcasting has been fantastic as far as I'm concerned. I, I love it. I love how democratized it is. I love how anybody can do it. And uh, if you got something you want to say, just go out there, do your show. And that, of course, led to Forgotten Flicks after about four years. Jason ended up saying, you know, hey, four years of talking to you uh, every week is enough. And (laughs) I'm just kidding. He he didn't actually say that. But, you know, he had other things going on in his life. And he's like, hey, hey, dude, need to take a break. I was like, totally get it. But I didn't want to keep doing Forgotten Flicks without him. So I changed it. Wait for it to Forgotten Flicks Remembers. Hey, oh, what a twist. I know. Total twist. It's like you never even even seen it coming. (laughs) So uh, but that's where I got Peter involved and Peter and I for a while was just he and I. And then I honestly don't even remember what happened. It was just we had Daryl on as like, you know, just to come on as a guest as like this dynamic seems to work. Like there's just something about the three of us together. So I was like, yeah, let's keep this rolling. And somewhere shortly after that, we shifted it into uh, the current iteration, which is move uh, retro movie geek. I I know the name of my own show and uh, <laughs> we've been doing it now since, gosh, I have to go back and look, but I, so it's funny. I, I could tell you when I started doing forgotten flicks, but retro movie geek, I know it's been at least four years at this point, but it's probably been more than that. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's basically where we are now. And then uh, it's led to other opportunities getting to do universal monsters cast with you guys and doing all the other little offshoot shows. And then, you know, I, I got, I got the call. Hey dude, want to do HMP? And then I was like, ah. well, we'll get to that later. <laughs> well, you know, I think uh, I, I first met you when you were a guest on Movie Podcast Weekly. And I and I think that's how I first met Dave, maybe. Oh, no, I'd already done Horror Metropolis with Dave, right, I think, right. at that point. Yeah, I think we but, did um, Nosferatu, the Nosferatu episode, I think, Josh. Is that's when you right. When I first read, yeah. That's right. Yeah, that's right. It was the silent horror episode of Horror Metropolis we first met and I did not like you at first because I got on there and I thought I was the movie guy and then Jay introduced Dave as and now the encyclopedia of all film knowledge and I was like, like I thought I was the encyclopedia of all film knowledge how dare you how dare you sir and then by the end of that episode I was like I love this guy this yeah. is the this is the best guy ever so you guys wait, so Josh just to clarify you had, you had a moment of my geek is bigger than your geek is that where we're is that where we're yeah, going this? okay exactly okay <laughs> but it, it faded very quickly because dave was such a pleasure to talk to even on that first episode i was like i just 
I'm vibing with this guy. And then Joel, yeah, I remember around, I don't remember when exactly, but it was after you started doing Retro Movie Geek where I really got to know you more. And um, when we got the idea of starting the Monsters podcast, I don't know. You just have the, I mean, definitely of our network, you were the only guy who sounded like a radio guy. The rest of us were definitely like <laughs> schlubs who started <laughs> picking up microphones. And so I just, you just seemed like a real podcaster to me in my mind. <laughs> like that's what a real podcaster is, is Joel. Right. And so there, there was never any question. And honestly, when, when Jay left the show, just as when, uh, Kyle left and I just knew Dave was the only possible person to step in. I felt the exact same way when Jay left. I'm like, the only person it could be is Joel. Like, how could we yeah. even do this without Joel? Right. You know? And that's, and that's just, it just, I, right. I agree. And there was a little bit of tension. Like, well, Joel accepts, is he going to yeah. take it or because what do we do then? Uh, but no, I, I was very happy when, when Joel, uh, Joel accepted. So the good news yeah. was though, that Josh had actually sent the email to five other podcasters. Yeah. <laughs> right right five others you were the first one to reply i was there surprised yeah. so you know it's all good it's all good you know it's funny you say that because there was no plan b <laughs> right right <laughs> i hated my voice to the to to a level that i can't even begin to tell you and when jay, jay i think was the first one who made the comment about yeah joe you know your voice and, and i thought that's jay and i'm not saying that somehow discounts it but the, there's not always that party that's going oh, come on dude you know come on Come on, come on. And then Josh said the thing, oh, Joel, you got a, you know, you got this, this radio voice. I'm like, really? Right. Okay, sure. And, we'll John, and everyone knows Josh is not a nice guy. And, the, and right. I was about to say, <laughs> and Josh, however, is, uh, is, is the, way uh, I, the way I would characterize <laughs> that is when I give a compliment, I really mean it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely absolutely it's it's it, i would agree with that 100 <laughs> percent. thank you to carmen for that question yeah that's okay so that's question one at this rate we'll be doing this till about 2022 <laughs> carmen has a follow-up question who believes in ghosts i absolutely do i believe i've had experiences with ghosts at the house i lived in north wales which i've discussed on previous podcasts so um i absolutely do and i will say it's very it's very interesting to me because um my mother who's a very spiritual person very religious does not believe in ghosts and to me that just seems like a bit of a conflict it's like how can you be a spiritual person believe in the afterlife and not believe in ghosts believing that there's not somebody who can get lost between here and the hereafter. Mm. Um, but yes, I absolutely do believe. Interesting. Well, so I, I will answer for your mom. Uh, I was raised Christian and in my particular brand of Christianity, I don't feel like there was room for ghosts really. I mean, there were definitely spirits, mm -hmm. but like, it wasn't like a, there were, there weren't hauntings in the world view that I was raised with. Like in my mind, a haunting just couldn't exist with right. like the doctrinal kind of, <laughs> Uh, orientation that I had, mm -hmm. there were like evil spirits, like in the Bible, right? And so I think in my mind, like an evil spirit might try to do something. But in my mind, once you died, you either went to heaven or hell kind of a situation. Again, that's mm -hmm. not exactly how it exists within the context I was raised with. But, the, you know, if you're with the devil, maybe you can try to influence humans. But if you're going to the good place, you're just kind of kicking it on a cloud and you don't really right. need to be worried about contacting anyone right. uh, ever again. Maybe, you know, so I don't know. I would never really 
believed in ghosts, but I am the type of person, as I mentioned on our sea monsters episode, where even though like my orientation is towards scientific proof, I also kind of just do want to believe in everything. So it's kind of like, give me any scientific reason to believe. And I'm like, I believe in it. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm waiting to believe kind of in everything, you know, and Jay would always say that I have a believing heart. And I think that's true. Like right. in my mind, like I want to believe in ghosts and demons and Bigfoot and Loch Ness monster, but I don't really like, I kind of don't, but I kind of do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What about you, Joel? I, I am. I am totally a molder. I want to believe. Uh, as well. And I, well, and you, you didn't mention UFOs, but apparently, I don't know if you've seen, we won't go down this rabbit trail, but the whole thing about the Pentagon and the, and them confirming those. No, that doesn't require any faith, Joel. That's uh, documented by uh, Tom DeLong of Blink-182. And I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, but I guess the point is, is that when it comes to things like when I was a kid, I obsessively believed in this stuff and that I did have weird experiences um, especially in my teenage years, the house my my dad and I lived in, which is funny because it's like a total suburban house. Well, we'll go into that story at some point, but there literally when we moved in, his bedroom had mirrors on the ceiling. It had been owned by a bachelor. That's what we were told. And wow. this they had like a, it, it, we 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 peeled back the carpet in his room one time, and he actually had a safe that somebody had put into the concrete foundation under the wow. like, it was very sketchy like the whole thing was just even though it was like the most like just ranch suburban house but we, weird stuff happened like there was weird things it sounds, sounds like you were in the house from boogie nights it was actually if the house from boogie nights uh made sweet sweet love to the house from poltergeist then maybe <laughs> we'd have something so and it was the alfred molina house in boogie nights yes exactly exactly so it was it was very weird like there was weird things that happened and as I got older, I had this window where I just sort of felt like maybe I imagined a lot of stuff. And yeah, I started to to question everything as, as you know, people do in their 20s and whatnot. And then as I've gotten older, though, I have determined very much like you, Josh, like I tend to like want to see the proof. I think there's something to be said for being as skeptic, like healthy skepticism, because I don't want to be somebody who gets completely duped. But at the same time. I also do want to believe. And there's also a part of me that I don't know if it was David Lynch that said this, and I'm totally paraphrasing and apologize in advance, Mr. Lynch, for screwing up your your thing you said. But it was something to the effect of like there's nothing sadder than a mystery solved. And and it's like I feel like if we got harder proof evidence of, say, Big, Bigfoot, there's a part of me that even if it was like, oh, no, it's like straight up a giant hairy monster man thing. There's a part of me that goes, yeah, but now it's just another animal. It's just that, yeah, it's like, eh. <laughs> right. it's that, it, it, I like that you don't know that there is a question mark there. And I, I, there's a part of me that really uh, the romance of it. You know, I, I love that part of it. So, yes, I would say I do. I would love like when I, I, I've known a few people that have done like the ghost hunting type thing. And I would find that fascinating. And the only problem I have is my imagination does get so ridiculous sometimes with this kind of thing that I probably would just end up scaring the crap out of myself, uh, which I realize is the total wrong way to go into those situations because you don't want to be looking for things because then you'll quote unquote find them. You want it to be very, you want it to be something that's real. So, uh, but yes, the right. short answer would be, yes, I do, but it's probably more like a, a molder. I want to believe kind of uh, attitude. Well, that's interesting because, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you were not raised with any religion. Is that correct? Um, kind of all over the place on that front. I have like my own, like, in, like internal belief systems uh but uh, when it comes to like the ghost type thing yes i believe that things can happen i don't know what they are i i, I don't 
have even purport to begin to understand what any of that stuff would be. But uh, I think there's something to it. Love it. All right. Okay, Dave, you want to get one from Facebook? Okay, so we're going to go over to Facebook. First question was actually from Shannon Barnes, who started with, so that's what Josh looks like. Because I put the picture out there. I feel like I'm the most documented what I look like. Yeah, I, I would think so too, actually. <laughs> I, I, I me all over the place. Dave, right. I never even saw what Dave looked like until like a week before I met him in person. <laughs> right, right. Um, and the question is, if you could only say five movies to take with you into a bunker for future generations, what uh, horror movies would they be? Really? <laughs> <laughs> what, what were? How many were they? Five. Five. Oh, that's hard. I mean, Psycho for me is absolutely one. Mm -hmm. Texas Chainsaw Massacre is definitely one for me, um, without doubt. And um, if if I were to give my five, it would be my top three, which are Texas Chainsaw Massacre, George Romero's 78 Dawn of the Dead, and The Thing. But then I would also throw in Alien from 1979 and Jaws from, you know, uh, which because for me, I watch them every year yeah. and I couldn't imagine not watching them every year. Yeah. So that would be my fun. See, that's the problem, right? Because then I think to myself, but that means I would never see Halloween again. Yeah, I and know. That and Halloween I, I love. And that's yeah. my number four horror film. It's above Alien and Jaws, yeah. Halloween. But if I had to pick five, I'm thinking, what do I watch every year? Those are the five movies that I watch every year. I would replace from your list, Alien and Texas Chainsaw Massacre with The Exorcist and halloween that's yeah. amazing because i remember as a time you were you did not want to watch the exorcist for the longest time josh that's, that's true that's i you, i, you I stayed my, away from that one that's interesting yeah that's that's tough man oh so jaws for sure it's funny because none of these movies i think i'm about to say are even on my list <laughs> or not take it back maybe one of them. night of the living dead i don't know i kind of feel like i might have mm. to have that one on there that's a good one psych uh, the psycho is talking i love psycho so much oh that's tough man I say I hate I hate these I hate these so much. <laughs> All right, I'm just gonna. It, it, no matter what I do, I would be like filled with regret and you know just smacking my head against a wall and that I didn't. I left this movie out. So I'll say, Halloween, Jaws, Psycho, <sighs> The Thing, uh, and The Exorcist. Ah, oh, God, that's so hard. <laughs> it's mm. painful. Like, it actually there hurts me. It hurts me. There you go. But okay, there you go. I did it. No more people under the stairs for Joel. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a Wes Craven movie. I see. Oh, man. Say bye-bye <laughs> to Night of the Comet. It's oh! okay. <laughs> I, I Never mind. I quit. I just, I just, what I would do, I would throw them all, all the movies into the bunker and then just close it and not go in and see, ha-ha! And they go, wait, what? No! <laughs> Do you want to read the email next, Joel? So I have an email from a good buddy, uh, Nathan Toll. He's been a retro movie geek. And yes. uh, I know he's an HMP listener. So he wrote, hey, creatures of the night, please let me know if you have any trouble listening to this voice message and I'll find another way to send it. Thank you and happy haunting. <laughs> <laughs> I will now play his voice message. <laughs> Hey guys, this is your friend Nathan Toll from Portland, Oregon, and I just wanted to congratulate you on reaching number 200, which is a mediocre score in Yahtzee, but a very impressive podcast milestone. I've been watching several horror anthologies lately, such as Quiet and The House That Drip Blood, and I was hoping that each of you could name uh, your personal favorite segment from a horror anthology. Uh, the first ones that come to mind for me are Something to Tide You Over from Creepshow, The Raft from Creepshow 2, A Drop of Water from Black Sabbath, 
Lover's Vow from Tales from the Dark Side the Movie, The Locket from 1997's Campfire Tales, and Safe Haven from VHS2. But there are so many uh, good ones out there, and so I look forward to hearing your thoughts. Uh, And uh, I have one more question for you, and that is, where's the beef? All right, guys, I hope you're doing well. Thank you for all of the amazing work you do. Bye. The beef is between my ears, Nathan, if you're asking. (laughs) Well done, Nathan. Thank you. Thank you. Um, you know, anthologies, there's so many to choose I've from. I got one. I got one. Okay. I go got for one. It. Uh, Amelia, AKA Prey, Trilogy of Terror, the Zuni fetish doll thing. Yeah. That, oh, that's a, that's awesome. Yeah. Absolutely. If I have to pick Absolutely. one, if I'm going to be like put on that and have to pick one, then, although I do love the one he mentioned for Black Sabbath. That's the one where the, the, she steals the locket from the, the dead woman, right? <laughs> Yes, that is that so creepy. The dude. hell out of me. Oh, the that phone, is so absolutely. good. That is so good. I love that one yes, too. Yes, it really is. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I agree with with Nathan one hundred percent. It would be something to tide you over from Creepshow. That is the very first, I guess, part of a horror anthology I ever saw on cable back in the day. I turned it on in the middle and I saw the entirety of Something to Tide You Over, and it scared the hell out of me there's so many to choose from but i think for me uh the one that just totally took me off guard was a for apocalypse when that yeah. abc's of death started i was just like holy crap what am i watching this is crazy and unfortunately the rest of the film didn't really live up to that high standard a, cu- a couple did but for the most part yes you're right but so uh, for me yeah i was just like wow that was a great starter and i was just hooked in from the get-go yeah all right so josh do you have the next uh Okay, so going back to Twitter, this is from Willis, aka Armored Foe, who designed our current HMP logo and some of our t shirts. Uh, Willis says, In the zombie apocalypse, what's your weapon of choice and why? Also, who got you into horror? Love you guys and congrats on episode 200. So uh, let's go with zombie apocalypse first. I know what weapon I would choose. I would choose a baseball bat. Because you can swing at them while they're still a little bit away from you, and you don't have to worry about running out of ammo. You're going Negan. You're you're gonna go Negan. Absolutely, okay. that's what I'm going. I'm going with a baseball bat. Okay. I, I a bat bat to the head. I am I am right in the the same mindset as you. I say I do the Michonne and do the katana sword. There you wow. go. Yeah. So I, my first thought was katana sword, but then as Dave was talking, I was like, yeah, but that's going to lose its sharpness after a little while. It could break. And then I thought, no, it's got to be aluminum baseball bat, because if you go with the Negan, uh, yeah. that can break as well. So that's I think a good I'm, point. Yes, I should. You're right. You're absolutely right. An aluminum baseball bat would be the way to go. Yeah. And for anyone who hasn't seen it, there's a short film that I love. It's actually a documentary, but they interview the workers in a Home Depot who have been planning what they would do in their place of work where there is zombie apocalypse and it talks about all of their plans, all of the weapons they would use. And that's a hilarious little <laughs> short film. Awesome. Awesome. And um, who got you into horror? I, you know, I don't know if any person did. I think it was for me, it was just watching Scooby-Doo. And that was the thing that kind of yeah. like was the thing that hooked me more than any other single thing. That's it. I wonder how many people have that same story about Scooby-Doo, because you're right. That would have uh, I could see that uh, getting a lot of people into horror. For me personally, it's it's not a who. It's also a what it's cable TV. Uh, we got cable TV uh, in 1981, which is right around when a lot of these horror movies, the slashers and all were coming out. And I watched them on uh, on cable. And uh, that's really what hooked me. 
Yeah, and for me, it's also, well, it's kind of a who. Uh, it would be Dr. Paul Bearer, Creature Feature, WTOG 44, oh, yeah. baby. I was go. four years old. Somebody left it on TV, and the devil doll from 1960s, the oh, one about the ventriloquist yeah. dummy, Hugo, was on. I will never forget it till the day I die. To this day, I have an issue with dolls and ventriloquist dolls, and it is because of that. And then probably <laughs> personal in my life, my cousin Chris, he was about five years older than me, and he's the reason why I believe... I saw phenomena aka creepers when i was like nine ten years old however old i was uh because i thought he'd said critters and uh, i was wrong <laughs> i was profoundly <laughs> profoundly wrong but he's also I, I remember seeing my first friday the 13th movies with him and everything else so and you know be. what i should go back a little further because dr shock was our local uh horror host in philadelphia and i do remember watching some of the horror movies yeah. on uh, on his uh show as well on uh saturday afternoon and, and sunday morning and um you know but but what really got me into it would have been when i finally got cable in that cable vein too for me commander usa's groovy movies i don't know if you guys ever watched yeah. that on usa network mm -hmm. but that was another one that i remember loving nice Okay, this question is from Horror Fan Ryan. He said, first, congratulations, fellas, on 200 episodes. Second, my question is, is there anything you've said on the podcast you regret? Maybe <laughs> too harsh a review, or maybe you completely changed how you felt about a movie. Thanks for all the amazing content. Ryan, I regret most of what I say every episode. <laughs> so uh, that's just part of being someone with high anxiety and who's yeah. also a perfectionist. Yeah. But um, <laughs> uh, yeah, there are definitely movies where I feel like, holy crap, I, I would have reviewed that so much differently just a year or two later because movies really sink in for me after a while and I really learn how I feel about them. But because of the nature of the podcast, we're like recommending them right away. And so oftentimes I've only seen a movie once when I'm telling people how I feel about it. And it's not sometimes until the second viewing or until some time has passed that I really realize how I feel about it. The one movie that I really remember regretting my reaction was red Christmas, not because it is any less offensive than I suggested in my review, but after we watched the documentary about red Christmas, it's called horror movie, a low budget nightmare. I was just my appreciation for the director and that process just changed so much while watching that documentary that i was like man i wish i hadn't been mean on that episode because <laughs> i really like him and the movie is super offensive but i do like where it was coming from so there are a million i i regret seriously probably 25 percent of my reviews i would change the score if I were to go back and redo them, especially it's noticeable to me in our franchise reviews. When I go back and look at my reviews for a Friday the 13th or a Halloween episode, it's like, man, I would change that rating. Or right. maybe Child's Play series and Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Yeah, <laughs> Child's Play would definitely be lower for sure. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, that's not what I meant. That's not what I meant. I, I, you know what? I have to say this. Thank you very much, uh, Ryan, for asking this question because I am about to make. Yes, I have. I have a regret. This is the one that's at the top of my uh, top of my list. It goes back to episode thirty, October twenty fourteen, our Halloween franchise coverage, and it was with Rob Zombie's Halloween two. I think I let my intensity get the better of me when I called the white horse scene stupid. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. Okay. It's not my favorite part of the movie, but it didn't bother me. What kind of bothered me? Our guest at the time was one sick puppy who I did like, and I was friends with, uh, or I am friends with, I haven't talked to him in a while, but I, you know, I, I still consider him a friend. Um, 
had made some comments about Jamie Lee Curtis earlier in that episode and some certain things. And he was really a, a big proponent of Halloween too. And, and I was not a big fan of the white horse scene, but for some reason, I just kind of let my intensity get the better of me. And I just, just really railed against that portion of Halloween too. And I looked and I said, I gave it a 5.5. I would give it a 6.5 to a seven because I did like the movie more than I was letting on in that review that I regret. It's been sitting in my craw <laughs> ever since that time. And I just said, oh, it's best not to approach it. Now we're at number 200. I'm going to clear the air. I, I didn't love the white horse, but it didn't bother me as much as I was letting on in that review that I did in episode 30. You know, it's funny. So, I remember to this day that review. I because re I remember you don't usually get that way. And I remember thinking, right. dang, Dave really hates this movie. <laughs> and I didn't. I didn't hate the movie. Yeah. That's the thing that got me. I just I just got a little too uh, intense. That's yeah. the only thing I could come up yeah. with. Intense. Well, I got to say this. A lot of our listener feedback that didn't include necessarily questions, but more comments. Multiple people said their favorite thing about the show is when Dave loses his temper. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, you know, I don't remember it happening all that often. I remember it's twice. It's so rare. It's yeah, so that's rare. What it, yeah. I remember yeah. love it. That Halloween too. And I remember once when, when Jay, it was more playful for me. I mean, it might've sounded angry when Jay was pushing me on my misery rating. <laughs> <laughs> about how I gave it a nine instead of a 9.5. <laughs> I think, I think I, like I said, that was more playful for yeah. me. I didn't yeah. mean it to sound as angry as it did, but yeah. um, they're the only two I recall. I mean, People maybe there's like been other get unleashed. Well, you get yeah. I, probably not. You're probably not actually angry, but you do get snarky. Your sarcasm starts coming through. I yes. think is more, yeah, a little more, more pronounced. I, I, I'll agree to that. Yes, I, I, that does happen. Yes, yeah. I'll agree. Uh, for me, I haven't been here long enough. And actually, if I'm being fair, probably most of my regrets extend back to my retro movie geek <laughs> show. I can think of I can think of one review in particular for Blue Thunder. I don't know if you guys remember that movie, but I had never <laughs> seen it. And I lambasted the crap of it. And we got a, a review on iTunes as a result of just that review. The person who wrote that review hated me i mean I'm, I'm not talking about like oh i disagree with you no i i had struck a nerve and here's the thing and the reason i feel bad about it, i don't feel bad about disliking blue thunder i don't care about that what i feel bad about is every movie every one of them has somebody out there who that's their favorite movie yeah. every movie the worst movie ever has somebody out there who for whatever reason that is their favorite movie so right. To, you know, and I don't think of myself as a film critic. I've never purported to be a film critic. I think it, you know, all you have to do is listen to me for like five minutes and you know that. But I, I am very sensitive to that fact that somebody loves that movie and knowing the very limited experience I had making movies, how freaking hard it is. I am always hesitant to just lambast something now. On this show, probably only time in, I don't know if you want to keep this in or not, Josh, but when we review that movie Frenzy <laughs> and not the Hitchcock one, the shark one, yeah, I, yeah. I do think I, I let my own personal snark machine get a little more out of control than usual on that one, if I remember correctly. And I don't know how much of that was during the recording or <laughs> you know, outside of it, but <laughs> the, you know, just certain things that were said and done, I thought that I personally found them hilarious. But I could see how maybe if someone, you know, either a worked on that movie or or if someone we heard through the grapevine that the lead actress of that film heard our review. Oh, right. yeah. See, yeah. And, that's, and that's the thing is you got. I, th I think I think the only part of that, Joel, you went a little too far is when you read that obvious trolls text to you. Oh, yeah. That obvious. 
yeah, it's the obvious troll. Oh my god, that was so. Oh. See, that's the problem. That's, I, that, I, I have to sometimes remind myself some of the things that I find funny. <laughs> Not everybody else would find funny. So yeah, I thought Joel, you were going to say that you regretted your top ten list from the first episode oh, because yeah, you commented one. on that pretty much ever, ever, since. ever since. Yeah, I because I don't know if you've picked up on that yet, folks. But I'm not a I I, I like li- the idea of lists. I love hearing other people's lists. I find it just this oh just painful exercise to narrow down all the movies that I love you know again I think Josh right. you made the comment earlier about it depends like you you see a movie and it has to gestate and you know it depending on the the day you might feel completely different so uh yes I'd actually that would probably been the shorter way around to say yes my one regret is the first episode that I did where I talked about my top 10 list <laughs> oh I thought it might have been that you, you thought alien wasn't a horror movie oh <sighs> Nice. Well played, sir. <laughs> Singer! We've got lots that we think you should regret. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's good right. point. Boy, if you had been on since 200, yeah. that alone would have filled this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly, my only regret is saying yes. <laughs> that's great. Uh all right, uh, we have uh, Pearl Morgan, uh, Greg, uh, Greg Amortis' uh, uh, better half, uh, leftist. She says, what's your most memorable moment of the 199 episodes that we've recorded so far? Uh, it's actually two quick questions. For me, I really love the Eduardo Sanchez interview that we did. Uh, that was a definite mm-hmm. high point, and it's interesting because we got to play it across three different episodes. Yeah, that's very cool. Um, for me, going to uh, Spooky Empire in 2019, I guess it was. Was it 2019? Was 20, yeah, it was 2019. Was it? It yeah. seemed, I, my, oddly enough, I can't imagine why everything's sort of blurred together at this point as far as time and, and structure goes. But going there wearing the HMP shirt and getting a line to get Joe Bob Briggs' autograph and having this very, for me, odd moment where Darcy the male girl recognized that horror movie podcast. And like you could see That's the look awesome. on her face of of just like, oh, oh wait, I know who you and, and it was so surreal. Like <laughs> somebody awesome. like, you know, you're just like, what, what? Oh, okay, <laughs> cool. So and, and it was great because I felt like it was more it was almost like I got to be like the stand in like it was her excitement and everything. I'm thinking like the whole history of HMP and you guys and Jay and everybody It's like, I just got to be the lucky schlub who happened to be wearing the shirt at the time, but just to be connected with it. It was just such a cool little memorable experience. Yep. That's really cool. And uh, she did say congratulations on the 200th episode. All right. So now we've got a voice message from one bill van Vagel. <laughs> Happy 200, HMP. You guys are now 200 episodes old, and I hope for 200 more. This is Bill Van Vagel, friend of the show and listener for many years. Hopefully you guys are doing a little dance tonight, having a drink, enjoying yourself because you've earned it. You guys come week to week with quality analysis, witty banter, and overall good times. Hope you guys keep going as long as your bodies and your mind allow you to. And you give the audience all the fun that they keep have been receiving the last 200 episodes. One question for you guys. If there was a clip at the end of the show that, as you guys do your blooper reels, that Joel has accidentally dropped on the cutting room floor, I guess that would be Josh that dropped on the cutting room floor, what have you not told the audience? Because it was either not suitable for work or it would embarrass somebody too much. Because I think the audience would love to hear about that story. Anyway... Enjoy yourselves tonight. You deserve it. Who knows what you guys have up your sleeves, but I can't wait to hear it. Thanks, guys. Keep it up. 
Well, the only time I could think of, uh, Bill, would be the time I showed up naked. <laughs> right. That was, they had- a lot of times, uh, the, 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 it's not recording for a lot of the, the, the you know, what we discuss. And Yeah, that's fair. And, and uh, so it, I wouldn't know so much be on the cutting room floors. It just wouldn't have been part of the recording as it is anyway. Um, I had a story that I recently told Joel. I don't even think Josh was on with this, that when we first started, uh, when I had, uh, right before the podcast, I took a shower. And I realized that as I got out that um, there were no towels. There was just an old towel laying on the ground. And I was calling for everyone and everybody was outside at a party, a neighborhood party. And uh, that I was very frustrated because then I had to get out of the shower soaking wet and walk through looking for a towel because the only one available to me smelled like it was pulled from the Swamp Thing's ass. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I, I, I think too, uh, and Dave, by the way, his, his earlier comment about not recording 100% on me, there have been a couple occasions where, uh, they, these guys have had lots of great comments and things have gone on. I don't know what our longest run was it 20 minutes. I, I, I can't remember what the long, we've never done like a full episode without it recording, but I, no. I, I had gone years. Like I had, I don't, I did that maybe once with Jason when we did forgotten flicks. I, I mean, I have almost never done that, but I swear since I've started with HP at least two to three times now, <laughs> I thought <laughs> I had hit record and I didn't. And there we were. So yeah, I don't can't think no. of anything else that like maybe got on the cutting room floor. Well, I, the thing is, is I started doing outtakes at the end of the show when I, the more I was editing, I would just start putting them at the end of the show. So normally a lot of that stuff, I don't know if everyone sticks around after the credits, so to speak, but there's usually 10 to 15 minutes of just like all of our detours that maybe either would have been left in because we didn't want to lose it or would have hit the cutting room floor because it's like a flub or something. And those mostly make it in to the to the show there have been a couple of times when there's been something like off color where we maybe regret saying it immediately right <laughs> yeah, like, so okay, that's like okay let's not put that in there <laughs> there are definitely some older episodes especially from you know weekly horror and horror metropolis that are still on our feed that i wouldn't mind editing some stuff out of. But <laughs> right and in terms of this show you know like honestly like um this is maybe more of a regrets than funny stories from the cutting room floor but I think just our, like the rest of the world, my own personal understanding of misogyny and patriarchy has evolved since we started doing the show. And I, I think I, I just, am trying to be more respectful than I was before things that Mm -hmm. I thought were funny before. I just, it's not worth trying to make a dumb, you know, misogynist. And I'm I'm there with you. I'm there with you. I feel the same way. Absolutely. Now, Bill did send, a question uh, along. He sent several questions on, but there's one that I definitely did want to ask because it was for you specifically, Joel. Uh-oh. Uh, he sent this on Facebook. What were your, it says, Joel, what were your personal expectations when asked to host the show and have they been met? And he followed up with what surprises have you found as host on HMP? Well, I'd say the number one expectation was that when I was in my dressing room, that I would have the best trailer and <laughs> that everybody would have removed the green M&M's from the bowl <laughs> as it turns out none of that happened no no uh, we like the green m&ms yeah actually i like the green m&ms yeah um but no i would say <sighs> when when they came to me first i thought they were joking but then after that passed i i think it was it was not so much like afraid to 
do it. Like, because obviously I've been podcasting for a while. I'm not going to be like, oh, look at me. But, you know, I mean, it's not like the podcasting idea. But I, I mean, I felt this really big responsibility because I know how the three of them had really built this show up over time. And then the idea of Jay not being here and you know, I've listened to enough shows to have listened to shows where one host leaves and somebody replaces them and not everybody likes that or that or, or, or the new person. Now, thankfully, everybody has been awesome and open arms yeah. with me, I, you know, which I really appreciate. But, you know, going into something, you don't know how that's going to be. But I also really wanted to make sure that honestly, Jay was OK with it. You know, like I wanted to make sure that, you know, he was cool with me doing that because I just I. I'm a fan of the show. I, I love listening to the show. And the last thing I want to do is come in and, and cause any kind of I- issue. So all that to be said, I think I was afraid, but it was more from the perspective of I didn't want to do anything that was going to affect my relationship with Jay, Josh, or Dave outside of podcasting. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to let the listeners down in how I present things in myself because my I, I, again those of you that listen to Richard Movie Geek you know where I'm coming from but my my usual MO is not to be as organized or as uh, thought out as I've had to be with the show which honestly I appreciate because I do feel like it's making me better it's making me have to actually oh I don't know really pay attention when I'm watching mm-hmm. something as opposed to <laughs> right, you know, right. doing something on the side uh, and take notes occasionally that kind of thing uh, which when I saw hilarious because when I first started Forgotten Flicks I was just meticulous everything I'd take these detailed notes page after page probably by like episode 17 I'm like yeah I'm done with that I can't I can't, I can't do that anymore <laughs> but uh, but this one and, and Terry actually this this show uh, the show I've been working on on the side with ham and werewolf and when we did booth at the end was like that and terror in the tube i'm pretty good about that retro movie geek has definitely got a much more like improv off the cuff which so it's mm-hmm. its own thing but i my concern with this show was i know it's not that and honestly to bring it back around and josh i hope you take this as a compliment i really especially at the beginning was really concerned because i i didn't want to let you down because i know how like I basically took it like you wanted to have things a certain way. I knew you were editing and I didn't want. That's why I would always be like, so are you, like, is this OK in the script? Are you are you like I did? I was very sensitive to not want to change too much or, you know, that kind of stuff. So um, that's really probably yeah. more or less how I felt about the whole thing. And honestly, like there was a lot of pressure because to be frank, like the podcast almost folded when Jay left the show because um it was just a, I was going through a really difficult personal time in my life at that moment. Plus I was covering the Sundance film festival at that time. And we had an episode due out. And so it was like, I, I was not even home every day. Like I was driving 40 minutes to attend a film festival for 16 hours a day. When we found out that news that that was going to happen. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. trying to replace you know, f- trying to find a replacement. And then all my like just regular life stuff was like at a peak at that moment. And so it was just, it was a crazy time and there was no leeway given like, Hey, will you do like three or four more episodes until we find a replacement and slowly work them into the show? No, it's over. Like we're done. So it was like, it was hard. And yeah. we're worried about like Joel saying, like losing all of our listeners too. So I, you know, I think we worked really hard. It was kind of, it's, honestly, it's been kind of hard and it's, it's maybe not been as fun as it should be. And that's actually kind of what I was alluding to earlier. I feel like episode 200 is a chance to kind of like, let's just make it fun again, you know? Yeah. And I appreciate yeah. all the work Joel does, but like, it honestly wasn't until Daryl was on the show that I realized 
how much you're working to keep it serious because in my mind, we do still goof off, but it is the host's job to keep everything on the rails. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize I hadn't kind of taken into account how much of a challenge that was for you, you know, because that is a hard role to be in. Cause I just, I can just chime in and say anything stupid I want the whole time, but your responsibility is to like move to the next thing. So I really appreciate all the hard work you've done. And I, and I re- absolutely, absolutely. I really appreciate all the listeners that stuck with us. And, you know, and we tried to make the show not change too much. Like, obviously, it was going to, but I wanted to up the post production quality. I wanted, you know, I wanted to have a new host who was going to bring the same level of quality to the show, although a different energy. And, uh, you know, I hope we've succeeded in that. And then now I feel like. I can kind of take a little bit of a breath of relief and let the show be more organic from this point forward. I feel like we've established our new tone and now we can just be fun again. That's my hope. And and I really appreciate you saying all that, man. But honestly, that's a good point. And and you said it much more succinctly than I did, which is I was the thing I was the most self-conscious about is I think one of Jay's really just strengths is his ability to come up with great questions to to sort of spur on a conversation. And he f- always felt very organized to me, uh, at least from a listener's point of view. And so I-, I always admired that about him. And then when you guys wanted me to take on, not just like, hey, you know, like if you've been like, you know, we just want you to be like, you know, uh, a guy who's showing up and 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 that's it. I'd be like, oh, yeah, well, that's easy. Okay, sure, I could. But <laughs> when, when, when you're like, oh, and can you kind of also take over the role that Jay did? Like, ah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Sure. And, and and honestly, like you know, and to uh, uh, first of all, like Jay and I have always struggled with our relationship, but I've l- always loved podcasting with him. Like mm-hmm. personally, we haven't always gotten along, but he's always been my favorite person to podcast with. There's something I feel like about our dynamic that always clicked in podcast, the podcasting world that maybe for some reason just never did in our personal lives. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I didn't appreciate how hard that was going to be to work without him because he did provide all the questions. Like in my mind, I was like, well, me and Dave do the most of the talking. Like Jay will bring like a list of questions, but it's me and Dave like fielding all of those questions. Mm -hmm. But that really undersold the importance of how thoughtful he was Mm -hmm. about dissecting everything and having all of those questions to, you know, to bring to the table. And so that, I mean, that definitely has changed the dynamic of the show, but I think, I do think it's, lived up to that level of quality, even though, like I said, it's very different stylistically. You know what? It's, it's interesting because I think what it's done is it's made all of us, uh, me, me, I can talk for myself, me specifically. It's made me, uh, it's, it's made me do a, a little more work because what I would do is I'd watch the movies and I'd say, well, Jay will ask me something and I'll, you know, I'll reply to it or whatever. But now it's like, okay, well, I got to come up with this myself. I got to come up with talking points myself. I got to, I got to really sort of delve into this a little bit more. And at first that's a little bit daunting and a little bit like, oh, okay. Uh, I don't know. You know, I'm not used to this after all these episodes. Am I going to be okay? But I think ultimately it's it's rewarding in a way to 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 do that to say okay you know i i'm sort of figuring out almost thinking what would jay have asked and coming up with them myself coming up with the questions and the answers myself i've really i've really liked that i've really liked doing that i've enjoyed doing that and i think um and you know with jay we've done some great shows i really am enjoying the shows that you know even in in the post jay era i think we've put out some awesome episodes maybe some of the best we've ever put out 
I agree. And I personally feel that way uh, as far as what I have, you know, brought uh, brought to the table. Because, I mean, there were times when Jay would ask a question, I sit there going, "Oh yeah, yeah, that's that's right, yeah." Because I'd, I'd have to think about it. You know, it takes a little time to sort of think through the question. Now I come not only with the question but with the answer. So it's it's been it's been a very uh, unusual but a very rewarding experience as well. Yeah. And, you know, I, like I said, I second guess a lot of the content we put out because I am a perfectionist and I have a little anxiety, but it's always rewarding. I, I swear, like at least half of the shows we've put out since Joel's been on the show, at least one listener has contacted us and been like, this was the best show you guys have ever done. Yeah. yeah. Like that happens all the time. And so it feels good to know that we're still doing something right. You know? Absolutely. I agree. All right. So are we, uh, Back into the Twitterverse, or do we want to do a voicemail? I think okay. Twitter's next. Yeah, my for some reason my phone froze and it's not loading. Are right, you want me to go to a voicemail? Okay, here we go. Um, here's a fun one from Eric Yvonne. He says, "Who would win in a fight between the three of you?" Ooh, <laughs> hello, Dave. Well, seems I, scrappy. I, I don't know. I just so you know, I don't fight. I fight dirty, so uh. I might have an advantage. <laughs> And I always feel bad like, when I was a kid and I would occasionally get in fights, usually getting my butt whooped. I always felt bad. The reason why I was horrible at it, when I'd hit somebody, I'd feel bad. <laughs> so, I don't know. I think this what we basically what Dave and I just uh, revealed is that more than likely Josh, unless, of course, Dave decides to fight dirty and then probably. Right. Yeah. Right. I, I would bring a brick with me. <laughs> Ooh. Well, then Dave, it sounds like Dave would win. Yeah, man. <laughs> that, it's that Philly side of him coming out. Good Lord. <laughs> So this one is from James Dean. He says, what's your favorite non-horror related movie? And I would take that a step further. Uh, this is what I used to do when I'd have a guest on movie streamcast. I would say to the guest, oh, Joel, what is your least favorite genre of film? Musicals. Joel, what is your favorite musical? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. Little Shop of Horrors. <laughs> Which, okay. Non-horror non related though, in this instance. Oh, uh, for a musical? Yeah. <sighs> I guess I'll say just because I grew up with it so much grease <laughs> showing, okay. showing my limit of how much musicals. Hmm. Hey, nice. Dave, what about you? What's your least favorite genre of film? Uh, romantic comedies. Okay. What is your favorite romantic comedy? Uh, Arthur from 1981. Nice one. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Mine would probably be romantic comedies as well. And I, I like his girl Friday the Howard Hawk stuff. Yes. More recently, my very favorite that I watched all the time when me and my wife were dating was forget Paris because it had kind of like a Woody Allen vibe, but with the Billy crystal of it all mm. was in there. I, I enjoyed that one. Nice. Thanks James. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't want you do. You want to do like our favorite non horror movie though of all time. Do you, you guys Okay, say? sure. Yeah. What's your favorite? I don't, I don't really if know. If I what have to, is. like I'm backed into a corner and I have no choice. Raiders. Of the Lost Ark. Oh, that's oh, see, awesome. It, yeah, I wasn't even thinking in that. I, I yep. would go. Mine is The Godfather, from nineteen seventy-two. Proving, proving highbrow versus. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't. I don't know. Yeah. I can't think one on the spot. This, this is a funny thing that's happened since the podcast. I remember when I first started podcasting with Jay, and he was telling me about Bill Shetty, and he's like, "Bill Shetty only watches horror movies." And I was like, what a freak. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like, he doesn't watch any other types of movies. He's like, no, he doesn't. He won't watch anything. Like, even, I'm like, even like really good. No. Now he does now, of course. He does his movies in 4K podcast. But, you know, I just, 
I've become more like that, honestly. Like, I don't know if it's like uh, I'm dead inside, but I just <laughs> there other films don't give me the same charge the horror yeah. movies do yeah, now. That. And I just I'm looking for that more and more, especially and this is probably extremely unhealthy but because we're in this pandemic situation it's so depressing it's just like i'm kind of self-medicating with movies i'm like what is a really fun movie tremors is a really yeah, fun movie yeah the lost boys yeah. is a really fun movie and i'm kind of looking for like a, a shot in the arm it seems like a lot these days but yeah yeah i don't know i mean yeah i love all the movies i love the indiana jones movies i was a big art house guy before you know, I started podcasting. I kind of went through my 80s horror movie phase. And then I got into late high school, early college. I was just like a super pretentious indie film, you know, cinephile. And all I cared about was the criterion of it all. And I don't know. I'm kind of like moving further and further away from that now. My brother-in-law is dating uh, a young lady who is a film student right now. And so like, they're always watching like the latest foreign mumblecore thing. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm not, I, and, I and you just, and you just roll up with an armful of straight to red box horror movies. Yes. <laughs> or maybe yes. we should say shutter. Oh, oh yeah. ah, but see, that would be good. Mm. That'd be a good. Yeah, those would be great. Those yeah. would be the best movies of the year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, all right. So do we want to do a voicemail from Colin? Hey guys, what's up? It's Colin C here from Scotland, sending a massive congratulations on reaching 200 episodes. Now, I've been on board since about 2016, and I still get just as excited when I see a new episode appear on my newsfeed. Now, like many others in the community, my favourite episodes tend to be the year-end top 10s. So my question for you guys would be, if you could go back, would you change any of your number one picks? Thanks for all of the episodes so far. Keep up the great work, guys. And everyone, stay safe. May I just say, first off, I let's get out of the way. Awesome accent. Yes. <laughs> A friend I still have to this day, one of my oldest, dearest friends, Jason Wilson, uh, lives in Edinburgh, or he used to. I don't know. He was from Edinburgh. And he, uh, when I met him, we were like seven years old. He had the accent. He lost it. He would go away for the summer, come back, have it again. It was incredible. My, one of my favorite stories is meeting his father, who was, I can't remember what part of Scotland, but I do remember meeting him. I'm like 12, 13 years old. And the entire time he's telling us a story i'm just doing this giant grin nodding thing because i didn't understand a word he said at all not it was like train spotting remember how they had to do the subtitles totally yeah, yeah. it was 100 that but uh, uh being, being a robertson I, I love scotland one of his there one day my mom and my sister went not that long ago awesome that aside yeah. uh who wants to answer the question first go ahead dave uh, for me personally, at this point, no, I would not change any of my number ones. Um, there have been times when I've changed like number 10 to one of the runners up or the honorable mentions, but I would not change any of my number ones. Yeah, I would feel the same. I think my five through 10 is usually shaky territory. You know, there are movies that I want to give more light to, or I'm not exactly sure how I feel about it, but usually my top like one through four are pretty solid. So, so I'll be the anomaly here and say yes and no, <laughs> because I, I kind of feel like this. I love John Carpenter's the thing. It is one of my all time favorite movies, 
but I do feel like it, and I've noticed this more and more, especially since being on HP. I feel like that's on everybody's top 10 list as number one at this point. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it's like there's right. a contrarian party that wants to go. I don't know that I want to keep it there because of that. I, I love it. Think it's fantastic. Think it's one of it's one of my it's always going to be in that conversation for me so i i could switch it out but it's like it's funny that the whole top 10 list for me like really like more i thought about it's like the fact that i don't have the exorcist on there you know i and i it's funny i don't have it in front of me did i have i didn't have chainsaw in my top 10 did i or did i i don't remember did i I think you might have. Yeah, I think you did. Okay. Think you Maybe did. not. I, I think if I did. Didn't? I think you did have it in your top 10. Yeah. If I didn't, I feel like there's something wrong with that. Like, I like, wait right. a minute. But then what does that mean? What am I getting rid of? Right. So I don't right. know. It's, it's, uh, so I, I'd be willing to entertain the notion. Nice. And for by the me, way, as far as, I'm sorry, I was just going to say, as far as Scotland goes, I was in Edinburgh for a weekend back in 1990. And I don't think a month has gone by that I haven't thought of it. It is my favorite city in the That's world. Awesome. I absolutely love Edinburgh. Yeah. That's cool. Um, yeah, for me, I was thinking about my yearly top tens. If I was to think of my all-time top ten, oh, I will just true. say I will just say this. There's one film, Scream is the one film that it just I don't know how it's not on my top ten list, if I'm really being honest. Yeah. Because I watch it and love it probably more than any movie ever. Yeah. But it's just I don't know how to replace any exactly. of these other films on my no, that's true. list and that's I, like oh. that was the one movie that i was very surprised was not on your top 10 josh i'll be honest with you that was the one josh i will say this i'm right there with you actually like i've had that thought like why is it screaming my top 10 as much as i love that movie as many times i've seen that movie and it was like such a it, was, it came at such a pivotal point in my life like it's such a, it's an important movie to me on a personal level that i'm thinking why isn't it in my top 10 and yeah you know a, darcy tweeted this this last week and she had said you know it was like a hot take type of like what's your controversial horror take that would get your horror card revoked and she said something like scream is better than halloween and for me it's like (laughs) i like i kind of agree in the sense that i just love it so much but at the same time and this speaks to my top 10 list you could never make scream without Halloween. So Correct. like, that's why I think Correct. scream is so hard to fit on my list because of its meta nature. Yeah. It relies on all the other movies on my top 10 list. And so for me can never truly be better than any of those movies. If yeah. that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, Cause without those movies, yeah. it doesn't exist. It, and certainly not in the way it exists. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. It, it becomes student bodies. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, but and they, if we're talking about yearly top tens, yeah, don't even get me started. I've already told these two. Starting with this year, I don't know that I could do them anymore. I'll just be like, these are the movies I liked. <laughs> you can put them whatever order you want to. Put them in alphabetical yeah, order. There you go. There you go. There you go. Yep. Okay, here's a good question, kind of speaking to what we were recently talking about from Michael Rodriguez. He says, are y'all able to sit down and truly enjoy a movie without taking notes? Are you able to take your critic hat off? Love y'all and congrats on 200. So, I mean, I, I know that you definitely don't see yourself as a critic, Julie, you said that, but are even just as a former filmmaker and all the podcasting you do, can you watch a movie without critiquing it in your mind to some level? Actually, you know what? I've, I've thought about this because I thought the same question I've had thinking about other people and thinking, yeah, I wonder if so-and-so can just enjoy the movie. Um, I Here's what it is. Yes. I can. I'm actually, it's like really weird. Like I'm very good at the suspension of disbelief. And the only time I shift really hardcore on something is when I get a sense of something that just doesn't, 
it, it go it, it goes against maybe what a character would do like the, these sort of like lapses in logic like a movie like plot wise you can have a hole in it and, and it, I might notice it here and there and I, I have noticed that over the years I don't know this just from watching so many movies but I'm mu- much 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 better at you know totally predicting what's about to happen <laughs> so that's probably to be one right. of the and I can feel like that's like just the downfall of anybody who watches a lot of movies you just get to a place where you're like yeah that's that person's gonna do that thing to this person so when it doesn't happen and somebody plays against it it's like a thousand times more potent uh, of an effect because you're like they went against something I oh what is happening so uh then i immediately love the thing but yeah i am actually pretty good about i'll watch us you know certain movies that i think a lot of other people might either poo poo because like oh like i hear a lot of people say oh you know it's it's so uh you know just overdone or it's something that's you know just a, a repeat of blah 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 i and I'm usually pretty good about like, I'll just enjoy it for its own sake. And I, I, I know like Jay, I know he, I remember when he watched, I think it was better watch out even that he was like next to me, like we were at the uh, movie podcast network meetup, just taking notes, just diligently. And I'm just like sitting back, like <laughs> kicking my feet up. I'm, I'm just watching the move, man. So <laughs> I, 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 and I think that as long as I watch it close enough to say when we were going to record I don't have to take a ton of notes. Like I just need a couple of things just to remind me if there's like a key point. But yeah, I, I, I am actually fairly decent, I think, at just enjoying the movie. But I know that does not apply to a lot of people. I mean, for, for me personally, one of the things with uh, writing the blog, when I would review a movie on the blog, especially if it was a movie that I love, I would say, good, I've reviewed it. Now I can just be a fan again. And that's how I approach. That's what I would do when I would watch. Now, when I watch, because I already reviewed Alien on DVD Infatuation, I reviewed Jaws, I reviewed all those films. So now, when I sit down and watch them, I'm a fan again, and I can just sort of enjoy them and 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 watch them without taking the notes and everything. Because part of the problem is, I got a book and I take notes all the time. And when I go to write my review, I can't read my notes. They they're such crap. I write my handwriting is atrocious. <laughs> and when I go back to read them, I I it's look like it looks just like scribbles. So it's, it's a frustrating experience for me to take notes, to be honest with you, but I don't have that. I I can, it goes from being the critic to being the fan again. And that's one of the things with, like I said, with the blog, 2,500 movies, there's now 2,500 plus movies out there that I can just watch and be a fan again. Uh, And that's what I like. But with the podcast, yes, there are times, you know, when, when I do diligently take notes and I'm, I'm writing down things before we record, but then I want to go back and watch them again and say, yeah, this is just a movie that, um, uh, you know, that I still really love, uh, even without taking it apart. My ex- experience is that I used to take notes and then I would start getting frustrated because I could never get to all the points in my notes during our review. And like, I had, oh, I wanted to say that. Oh, I wanted to say that. I wanted to say that. And then it just became really inorganic for me. So I kind of stopped taking notes for the podcast just in terms of my film brain, I think when I was starting out my film career and I was really busy in dissecting film and like pretentious film school student mode, at that point, no, I could not ever turn off my brain and watch a movie. But I've kind of moved past that in a lot of ways. And now it's almost the opposite. Like I have to remind myself to pay attention for the podcast because I get lost in it and I love being lost in it. That's my favorite thing to do. When I rewatch a movie, I get annoyed if someone's like, Oh, that isn't that the guy, the killer. I'm like, don't, don't spoil it. And they're like, but you've already seen this like 20 times. I'm like, I know, but I'm pretending I haven't seen it before because <laughs> I want to enjoy the ride. Right. And so, and I remember I worked at a haunted house in high school 
like a haunt and at Halloween time and people would come through and there are these big tough guys who wanted to pretend they weren't scared. Right. So that they're with their date and they can act like, yeah, I'm really tough and this is stupid and that's dumb. And they try to make fun of everything. And I just like, I remember thinking like, what's the point of even coming here if you don't want to be scared? Like the whole point of this is to be scared. And that's how, especially watching horror movies, I want to be scared. Like I want to have that emotional experience and it's only occasionally I'm like, crap, I just enjoyed that movie too much. And I don't have anything to say for the podcast, <laughs> but it, yeah, that's more common for me now. I have to remind myself like, oh, take note of that mentally. That's an interesting idea, <laughs> you know, and, 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 and that's actually going back to the regrets thing again, like with cursed films, we did our review and then I interviewed Jay, the filmmaker afterward. And after his conversation I was like, oh yeah there's all this really interesting stuff going on that we didn't cover at all in our review. Like my reviews are very surface level and I wish I had thought of all that stuff when we reviewed it, but you know, or if we had done the review afterward, I'd have all these interesting insights, but um, you know, yeah, I, if anything, it's the reverse problem. I, I get lost in the movies, but that's why I watch movies. Yep. Absolutely. Awesome. All right. I'll, I'll come in real quick with a Facebook. This is Greg bench. Um, and he has a few questions here, just real quick. What direction do you feel horror is going in next, the next big subgenre? And how will this pandemic affect the future of horror? Uh, it's funny because I would think that the next big subgenre might be pandemics. Um, you know, after this whole COVID thing, I could see a lot of films coming out about that. So I think that the, the pandemic might be what we're going through might, right now might be the next big uh direction of horror it's funny because i've seen so many film critics online and producers say don't send me your covid19 script i never want to see a <laughs> pandemic movie like people are so miserable right now but then host comes out on shutter and everybody loves it and i think you know it's like the first zoom call movie it's one of those screen life found footage type of films mm -hmm. which i liked i enjoyed it but i think it's interesting even though i think there will be a reaction to people saying i don't want to see that i've already lived through the pandemic when it works it works and i think right. you know i definitely think there are going to be a lot of those movies being pitched right now and uh i have some other thoughts but did you have something you want to say joel oh no i was just going to say that like i, I want i was going to say take the contrarian position and say i wonder if because of all of this i heard somebody saying that about the like, comedians for instance like are comedians going to want to make jokes about any of this and and so I, I i don't know i think there'll be a time when we do i just don't know if that'll be what we get immediately following it i i just don't know i don't know how close it'll be but i do think at some point we will get some sort of reaction right so i was i just recently did a master class with jason blum at the sundance institute uh last week and it was really interesting to hear him talk about what's going on in the pandemic he was another person who was like don't send me your pandemic scripts i don't want to i don't want to do it but um it was really interesting to hear his take on like how the film industry is going to play out over the next little while because he was saying the problem is all of these huge tentpole movies are being saved because everyone's going to want to see the next Batman and Christopher Nolan film and Halloween kills. And so there's just this huge docket of films waiting to be released. He thinks it's going to take like two or three years for all of these films to clear out of the box office enough for smaller movies to start coming out again. So he's saying like for, he said it's really hard because he's holding on to all of these small films and having to 
to release films online that he thinks could have done well in box office, but they just could never compete with the next star Wars and Marvel and whatever movies. And that's all every, he's like, you're going to have blockbusters year round for the next two years, wow. you know, and as soon as the theater's opening again, so that'll be interesting. And so it sounds like a lot of the smaller content, which we're used to in horror, but a lot of the smaller films, but even I'm talking like 40 million and down films will probably be online because the box office is going to be clogged with $120 million films. Right. According to Jason Blum's, you know, foresight, which he's probably right. <laughs> right. Uh, also real quick, he put, if you could choose a horror film to be in which film and why, um, unless I'm Michael Myers or Jason, I'm not interested. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> unless, unless he could be the one that's slaughtering people. No, thank you. Dr. Right. Sleep, man. I would love to be in Dr. Sleep because you get to oh. play in the world of the shining, but you don't have to live in the shining. Yes. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a good absolutely. One. Uh, crawl yeah. because I basically live in that now. <laughs> what is it? Crawl. Crawl. Oh. Yep. Oh, and, and the Lost Boys and Monster Squad and oh, all yeah, those yeah, films yeah, for would be sure. the last. Anything right. that's kids versus monsters, I'm all in. And he congratulated us on 200 episodes. He's been a listener for five years and he said it's been a pleasure listening. Thank you. Yes, indeed. Yep. All right. So uh, I have a message from uh, the one, the only, Greg Amortis. <laughs> Hey guys and gals, this is Greg Amortis from Land of the Creeps Horror Podcast saying congratulations to 200 episodes. Gilman Joel, Dave Dr. Shopbecker, and ow, 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 Wolfman Josh, man, what a feat. <laughs> what an amazing accomplishment, man. Silver Polo Award winners, deservingly, you guys are rocking it. And remembering back to all the many, many, many episodes that you guys have put out, even with Jay of the Dead. Love Jay of the Dead as well. And needs to be mentioned for this episode 200, man. Thank you guys for the many, many hours of dedication, um, man, of putting out these epic episodes, man. You guys have tackled so many subjects and themes and uh, topics. It's been amazing. And you got a fan in Greg and Mortis. We've seen them come. We've seen them go, brother. But I'm telling you what, we're still here. Thank you. Continue pumping them out. Cannot wait for another 200 episodes. You guys rock for real, dude. HMP community, you guys rock as well. Thank you. Greg and Mortis out. Peace. <laughs> Just the greatest guy I'd ever lived. Yeah. What a sweetheart. Yeah, he, he really, he really is. And I'll tell you, when I do my outro on Land of the Creeps, Josh, I always mention HMP last and I throw in your name last just to hear just to hear Greg do that howl. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it. And honestly, that led to the current sound effects because I couldn't say Wolfman Josh without howling after a while, <laughs> thanks to podcasting with Greg. And so I, I, I said, you know can we just get some sound effects so I don't have to howl every time? <laughs> and that's where those original sound effects came from. Actually, it was large awesome. part thanks to Greg. It's kind of awesome. funny. I don't, I don't think I've ever podcasted with Greg. I feel wow, like I really? know yeah. him because I've heard him so much, but I, yeah, I don't think I've ever podcasted with him. So, oh, and of wow. course, I think some of the best episodes we've ever done were our 80 slasher. Oh episodes yeah. Those over, are great. And yes. Greg was, basically the foundation of those episodes he knocked it out of the park and i hopefully i think a lot of hmp listeners moved over to land of the creeps thanks to his they, 
amazing performance on those episodes yes, that did happen and, and he told me that and and you know what and deservedly so because he really is just one of the great guys in podcasting and it's it's a pleasure to podcast with him uh, over on land of the creeps as well he's great thanks greg love yes, you buddy thank indeed yeah absolutely okay this one is from jason strong on twitter he says like any genre horror has seen its fair share of trends and fads over the years torture porn slashers found footage elevated horror what is your least and most favorite horror trend what do you predict the next big trend will be for the genre um if we could predict the next big trend would be very rich men. yeah really right right <laughs> but honestly like based on my own experience because i've been out pitching movies for years and the interest has changed very recently. I think we're in a pocket where thanks to black lives matter, honestly, they're actually looking at stories that they previously weren't interested in. So, you know, as my friend told me when I almost turned down a pitch meeting the other day, he's like, dude, the window's open right now and it's probably going to slam shut really soon and may never open again. So take your shot right now. (laughs) So I think you might see, and this will annoy people who uh, think that this is, a problem, but I think you're going to see a lot more films from smaller minority communities, which I personally am excited about because that's the stuff I get most excited about, like Korean horror or Australian horror. Now where you're getting a totally different perspective on well-worn horror tropes. And so that I'm excited for that. And um, I think you're going to see a lot of that based on my own pitching experience. Like people have never been interested in those stories, I can tell you, like, it's been an uphill battle, and now it's not. So nice. it'll be interesting to see. Which, uh, honestly, you know, just from being on the outside, that's a good thing. I mean, meaning that that they're interested, I would argue, you know, what freaking took you so long. But, hey, that's a whole other, we'll tell the conversation on a different day. Right. Point right. is, uh, that, yeah, very cool. Do you want me to read the next email? Uh, real quick, I just want to say my least favorite, if I had to pick one, would be torture porn. I don't know that um, I, there are some of them that I do like. I do like Hostel and I like some of the Saw movies, but torture porn would be my least favorite. Of course, my favorite is going to be slashers, just because that's kind of what I grew up with. Yeah, and my least favorite, I don't know if I would say torture films exactly, but I think the extreme films, which a lot of them are also crossover with the torture films. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I just for some reason. I don't know. They just never landed with me. It's just too much for me, you know? Yeah. And maybe it is that I'm wanting to watch movies for fun most of the time. And so um, it's just too much effort on my part and I don't like right. it. Yeah. I'm I'm right there with you guys. I, it's funny. Some of the movies that I actually really love and like, some people would probably consider extreme. I think a lot of people would say like Hills Have Eyes. Some, I mean, I, I, I personally don't find it to be that extreme, but there are people that do. I can appreciate Last House on the Left. I've I have sat through I spit on your grave, but that, you know that's that's not something I want to do. <laughs> you know, it's not something I I enjoy by any stretch of the imagination. Um, and certainly, a lot, honestly, I haven't seen much of. I, I think I only saw the first Saw movie, and I don't consider that to be part of that conversation. That is a movie unto itself, and then you have the sequels. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, from what I've seen, because again, I haven't seen the sequels. Um, and it's not because I think a lot of them came out right when I was having a lot of babies and show, anyway, something about when you have like really young kids, I don't know, just my experience, I didn't really want to necessarily be like watching like 
people being horrifically mutilated for no reason other than for my entertainment. Right. Uh, so uh, right. I just wasn't in that headspace. So that I, I never, I still haven't seen Hostel. I still haven't seen um, yeah, like I said, any of the Saw sequels. I would be intr- interested in maybe, I feel, I've noticed that I, as, as my kids have gotten closer to being teenagers, I've softened. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of that, um, but uh, but yeah, I don't like Your homicidal I, tendencies. They, they are may have to come out. a little bit. Yeah, they may have amped up a bit. But I, 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 there's our movies. I just know I have no interest in it. And like you know, I, you, I've heard enough about like was it irreversible? I, I I don't have any interest in Cannibal Holocaust. There's a lot of movies that I know of very much, and and I I can appreciate why some people enjoy them. I would not find them enjoyable. I just would. Literally every film you mentioned, Joel, is or has rape in it. So it seems like that's definitely it's a common theme that I am not. Yeah. But but here, but case of point, I I didn't like it in the sense of like and found it enjoyable in that sense. But I really appreciated the movie uh, The Nightingale. Like you remember, I was on my top ten list. So so it's like I sometimes I could be all over the map on that one. But yes. More often than not, I agree with you guys. I at, at this point, I just want to enjoy and just have a fun time. Like I just want a good fun horror flick. Yeah, and I don't mean that I don't like to think, but I don't want to be damaged by a movie. Yeah, no, no, that, that's what I mean. I just don't want to think. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah, no, but I know what you mean. Yeah, there's something about some. I, I remember when you guys did uh, where you were covering things like Cannibal Holocaust, all those movies, and I can't remember if it was you or Jay or somebody said something about like you felt like this something like a, a can like a fire in you go out or something. Like, good God, <laughs> like, why, why would you do that to yourself, man? Yeah. So. Well, and I've always been planning on covering the French extremist films at some point on the show, but mm-hmm. honestly, like, I'm just like, I don't know if I can, to be frank, like, it's just maybe have some guests on and they can <laughs> we'll do like a pod switch and we'll do an episode about a uh, tiny terrors on their podcast and they can <laughs> French sure. extremism on it. But, um, I, I'm actually excited about the Saw franchise for the first time because that spiral yes, film with Chris looked Rock looks so good. It looked very reminiscent right. of the original to me. Yeah. Yeah. When as soon as I saw that spiral trailer, I was like, huh, maybe I will watch all of the Saw movies yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. Know? Now, I'll get a quick question. Would High Tension, would that be considered one of the French extreme? I yes. would think so. Yeah. Definitely. I, I finally saw that. I, I know I've never really officially reviewed it. And I avoided it for a long time and I already knew the twist going in. So I, I kind of that whatever that was what it was. But up until like that, I actually really liked that movie a lot. Like I, I, was, I did. Yeah, too. Yeah. I agree with you. I was surprised. But anyway, I digress. Yeah. And maybe you'll maybe you'll like the French extremism films, Joel. You know, check out twist. Martyrs next. Uh, no, see, I've heard <laughs> enough about that one to go. Yeah, I don't know if I want to see that. Uh, OK, so we have uh, a, one up from Brandon S., so he says, first, do you think we're ever going to get another big time horror icon in the same way as Michael, Freddy, Jason, etc.? The last one I could think of is Sam from Trick or Treat, though I assume Art the Clown may get there. Uh, and he forgot to mention uh, the Leprechaun from the Leprechaun films. But. <laughs> right. mm. No, I think he nailed it. I think Sam was maybe our shot, but then, you know, they drug their feet with putting out sequels to, to trick or treat. And I don't see it happening. Probably same with Krampus, same director. Mm-hmm. I, ironically, I think those could have been new franchises. A lot of horror fans would say art, the clown from terrifier and definitely want that to happen for me. That was just a little too mean for my tastes. So although art, I think is an interesting character. I, I, I think the films are a little mean and I don't think they're very good. I think the being mean is kind of the selling point. So I just don't know. Yeah. I don't know if we're going to see it 
anytime soon. You know, I, I don't know. Yeah, I would love something to see ab- another horror icon. Because well, you think about it, it really is something that's so indicative of the 80s. Because I remember that trend in the early 90s, you know, because I was at high school and every horror movie that came out, I was at the theater seeing it opening weekend. But like we got Brain Scan and we got Dr. Giggles and we got Leprechaun. And there was right. it, it was always this. And I remember in Fango them, when they would interview the producers and they're like, yep, yeah, we, we got the next franchise here. It was like very much this franchise mentality, which is not how Craven started Nightmare. Really isn't how Cunningham started Friday the 13th. They just wanted to make a one-off, you know, cheapo Halloween knockoff. And then it wasn't, certainly wasn't what Carpenter did. None of those guys started off making a franchise. But I think that's the problem is that you got a mentality that started this from the, it was like the tail wagging the dog. They were saying, we want a franchise. And so they kind of built everything around that. And so it's hollow. It doesn't, whereas then you have a scream come out. And I think you could argue Ghostface, but Ghostface, spoiler alert is it always the same person so that right. is that really the icon like i, I think ghost face is definitely on that level and i don't think, but yeah. i don't think i i don't think horror films like that are being made anymore with an iconic monster you know the, the like now if we get a monster it's like cloverfield or whatever it's yeah. just like kind of an amorphous gross sure, there's sure. no charisma there's not like a right. human element to it and so i just don't see that happening godzilla the new godzilla films are probably the closest we're getting to that but that's not new yeah. and you would think with the like the success of the halloween franchise screams coming back yeah right. but, but you would think with like these halloween movies just doing gangbusters sure. the box office that we might see a revival of that but i just haven't seen yeah yeah other than halloween i haven't seen uh a horde try to do that in a very long time. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it seems Maybe like Jigsaw br- was the last yeah, attempt. Right. Yeah. The Saw. Yep. Saw would be, would be there. Yep. I mean, it seems like the the big ones are the ones like you were saying, Joel. They didn't set out to be a franchise. It's when you're attempting to make a franchise that there's just something not genuine about it. Yes, I think it's very. Uh, very I wonder if the lack of that iconic character is what keeps some of these from being franchises. Like I know when they did the Blair Witch remake. That was intended to be a franchise like Lionsgate mm-hmm. was setting out to start a new Blair Witch franchise, which bombed. But I, I think it's tricky when like in that movie, you're not really seeing the monster in a lot of ways. Right. So I, I don't know. You, you have to have something iconic to build it around. And I yeah. just don't see horror doing that. Yeah. Right. I mean, I think Art the Clown could could get there. I, I don't I do like the the Terrifier films, but they, even that started as he was part of a um, uh, what was an anthology. Right. You know, and then he got his own film. So I thought, uh, you know, there's a possibility maybe with Art the Clown, but we'll see. All right. He does have a second question, which I will read, but then I'll, I'll read the rest of the email and then we can respond real quick. So the second question is, is there a big name actor that you guys would have loved to do a horror movie or play a particular role and why? He says, for me, I think Christian Bale would make a killer vampire or something of that nature. His bone structure has always made me think he'd be a good movie monster. Thanks for all the content. You guys have helped keep my past couple months entertaining and expanded my viewing habits by quite a bit. I've even felt inspired by listening. I'd never written a review before listening to HMP and now I've written a few for Letterboxd. Nothing quite to the level you guys do, but it's fun and I'm looking at movies and certain things in ways I hadn't before. Thank you very much, Brandon. For me, it's Tom Hanks <laughs> playing <laughs> a as, as a wolf man. There you go. Tom Hanks, the hot take, is going to be the wolf man in Blumhouse's Wolfman movie. <laughs> That's false. <laughs> do, do you guys have any? Uh... Uh, Go ahead, Josh. Josh. Oh, I don't know if I have one. I'm trying to think. I, I don't get that excited about name actors 
as much simply because they have a certain charisma that's based around their brand, like a movie star is based around their brand. And so their brand has to fit with the horror for it to really work. I I'm more of like a character actor guy. Like I would love to see Sam Rockwell in a horror movie, you know, mm-hmm. someone who just, um, other than the poltergeist, other than the poltergeist oh, remake. remake. Yes. Yeah. I never saw that, but Good I believe I believe you. Um, I'd like to see someone who I just think is a fantastic actor in a horror film and not necessarily like an A-list actor. I mean, we saw Tom Cruise in The Mummy. Didn't really work. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, they were talking about Dwayne Johnson for The Wolfman back when The Dark Universe first launched. Thank goodness. I know. They never made and that I movie. I love him, sucked. man. But, oh, that would have been right. awful. That would have been so yeah. bad. I mean, now, right now, Ryan Gosling is doing The Wolfman, so who knows? That might suck, too. But yeah. at least he has a, a different type of energy that I think is possibly more fitting for. Right. Sure. sure. Right. I don't have, I, and again, like you, I, I don't know that horror is one of those genres where you don't need a star to, uh, to, 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 you know, to make them a success. You know, that it doesn't require a star presence in, in a horror film. And that was what I think one of the missteps that, like you were saying, that the, uh, the dark universe took was they were bringing all these big names in and it just wasn't necessary. Um, so I don't really have any actor that, that I would like to see in a, big actor i'd like to see in a horror film christian bale sounds like a good one though after what he did yeah. with american psycho yeah. i think that, would, would, that be would be interesting. interesting that would be interesting i mean you know i maybe it was alone but i was really excited about the possibility of the johnny depp invisible man and javier bardem is an interesting choice for frankenstein so like javier again, bardem yes, yes. I, I agree with that i don't know that he ranks up there with the the depths in the pits of the world though because bardem is one of those guys he's made he's a very interesting actor in, in everything right. i've seen him in and that's what I was going to say. He's not like a brand in the same yeah. way yeah. some of those other guys sure. are. All right. This is from Tim Mitchell. And he's got a couple here. First one is, uh, just real quick, I'll read both questions. If you could go back in time and unsee any horror movie, what would it be? And his also says, what is your favorite horror soundtrack? I want to just piggyback that with Joe Brunette's question, which was similar. So maybe uh, if we can take Tim's to mean uh, you would like to erase it so you didn't ever have to see it. And then Joe is asking if you had the chance to delete one horror movie from your memory and see it again for the very first time on opening night on the big screen, what would it be? So maybe the movie we don't want to remember and then the one we would love the chance to see again for the first time. Okay. I mean, for me, it would be irreversible. And if I could see it opening night, I'm talking like one of the first audience members. It would be Hitchcock Psycho. Wow, that's a good one. That's a good one. With no spoilers, nothing out about it. The very first audience to see that movie got that experience. The next audience that came in, it might have been spoiled for one or two of them. That would be the one for me. That's a good one. So I guess if we're talking about erasing uh, the last two minutes of The Mist. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, (laughs) Just kidding. Just kidding. Um, ah, That's a tough one, man, because I don't really have any any movies. I remember one time I worked with with a guy who I found out recently since passed away, but he was a manager at the movie theater and he's a big horror nut and he was hell bent for some reason on getting me to watch Necromantic and uh i don't know anybody out there's familiar with that movie but mm-hmm. uh yeah not my cup of tea and 
<laughs> and he put he put the VHS, we had a VHS player in the office and he put it on and I maybe watched like five to six minutes and then I I had like the, the lamest excuse ever to be like, oh, I think I left that one projector on or something. I got to go now. And so I, I, I like if I could even scrub the five minutes of that movie I saw from my brain, maybe that. Because uh, even like, I mean, I spit on your grave, movies like that, that I definitely have no desire to revisit. Um I think from the perspective of being a, a, a horror film fan and just a, a interest in the history of it and each of these movies and, and the role that they played, I, I'm not like upset. I saw I, I definitely saw it way too young. I should not have seen it when I was that young. Um, but I mean, if I had to pick one, maybe that one. But again, I don't really feel that passion. Not not the same way as I imagine uh, Dave is for Irreversible. As far as the that psycho, that's a good one, man. That's really good. And I would also say maybe even like uh, an exorcist or night of the living dead, a movie where at the time there'd really not been anything like the Texas chainsaw massacre where, yeah. you, where you kind mm-hmm. of went in having no clue because you don't have this history built up now of movies that can set your expectation of the, the, what you're about to see. And so right. going in like that and like the trauma <laughs> you would have probably felt to sit like the first time you see Chainsaw Massacre and yeah. you know, it's that early seventies and there's really other than the exorcist, you know, and there's certainly nothing is down and dirty, uh, you know, or, um, or night of the living dead, even more so than day of the dead. I mean, dawn of the dead rather, because I feel like with dawn of the dead, again, you have an expectation at that point, uh, you know, both in how, where movies are going and, and, uh, from that original film, but that original, as I, I think we've all heard that story that supposedly, I guess it was put up as like a matinee. And since it was not rated or, you know, I, I guess it would, I guess it might've had a rating at that point, but, um, like parents took their, or like dropped their kids off to like, it was like with double feature with some kids movie or something. I don't know if you guys have ever heard that, but, uh, I got to imagine that was a traumatic. <laughs> I would think so. Yeah. Experience. <laughs> what about you, Josh? Uh, the one that I would like to scrub from my memory is probably martyrs. You know, we did, I used to do a segment early in the show called Wolfman's got nards because <laughs> as I've talked about a lot recently, I just, you know, there were a lot of movies I didn't want to inflict on myself and I had been avoiding them for years. And some of those ended up being great experiences and others ended up being really uh, unpleasant experiences. And Martyrs is one that was like, ah, I didn't need that. Um, it wasn't a huge deal. Like, I'm not traumatized from it, but it's just like I would have preferred to have never seen that movie. Um, and then the one I would love to see on the big screen for the first time for me is The Thing. Uh, that's just one I didn't get to see on the big screen that I just think would be so much fun to have gotten to see on the big screen. Nice. And a lot of these, you go back, like, because of the current age we're living in, we can go watch The Shining on the big screen or Joel got to see Psycho at the drive-in. But I just think that's such a different experience sure. from getting to see it for the first time in a movie theater. I would love to have had that experience. I take it back. Scream. Because when I saw that movie for the first time and we we watched it, at night, like when the theater had closed down, it was right before we were going to release. We always had to preview the print and I had no idea. And I know Daryl loves to bust my chops about, Oh, two killers. Uh, it blew my freaking mind. Like I was just like, yeah. cause I've seen so many slashers up to that point that, you know, did, despite you know the, the few that I hadn't like the burning. Yes, Matt, I am going to watch it. Uh, <laughs> but you know, aside from that, <laughs> I had certain expectations like we all did going into that movie. And it just, so to go in there and have that experience for the first time again, that would be awesome. 
Yeah, there are definitely some I would love to re-experience, and we're going to talk about that at Halloween, I think. So. Oh boy! Yep. All right. Yep. So uh, are we are we back to Twitter, or do you want to do another voicemail? Um, I've got some Twitters, some tweetsers okay. here. Uh, I'm going to try to bust through a couple of these pretty quickly. Um, we're not going to have time to answer all these, unfortunately. So, uh, Barely Ashley says, Wolfman, I'd love to you to speak on how, if at all, your love of punk rock and horror intertwine. To me, they've always been, they've always kind of gone hand in hand as to who I am as a person. I was wondering if it was the same for you. Short answer, yes. And I'll talk about that on my punk podcast in the future with William. Um, Number two, Ashley says, when are you, we going to talk about Return of the Living Dead? And I don't know. We, we will do it, though. As long as we can do, <laughs> yeah. as long as we can do part yes. two as well. And I know Ashley is with me oh, on yeah. that one. Yeah. yeah, we'll do it. Um, we'll do it. Another quick one here. This is from Trey Whetstone. Congrats on 200 episodes. You brought me endless amounts of enjoyment over the past several years. My question is, what are your Halloween and fall traditions? Again, we will talk about that around Halloween time. Um, yep. This one is from Marcus Brown. He says, what is your favorite underrated movie of the 2010s? So for me, I don't know how underrated it is. I think it is just because it's a foreign film and still not a lot of people have seen it. But I think The Wailing is the one movie of the 2010s mm. that I'd really love to go to bat for that I don't yes. feel enough people have seen. And somehow also Green Room, I think, the, from the same year. I, I don't think enough people have seen that, and I just I would love to shout those films' praises from the rooftops. I'll tell you what, I, I agree with you, and I would also add uh, Bedeviled from 2010, another Korean horror film mm -hmm. that I saw recently for an LOTC episode that I was really impressed with. Um, and also I would throw in what, uh, what my number one movie from a few years ago, The Devil's Candy. If, if you uh, haven't yeah. seen that one, definitely check it out. Uh, well worth your time. There's a lot of them. Black Coat's Daughter. There's a lot of them, I think, that that have not that are underrated. But those would be the two, Bedeviled and uh, Devil's Candy. Mine is way more recent, uh, so but it technically counts because uh, I well, we were saying from 2010 to 2019, right? Is that the window that we're looking at here? Um, yep. So that would be Crawl. Because I, 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 I know I'm like ridiculous with how much I have championed that movie, but it depresses me to no end that it didn't do better. Like, I, I just I don't it just was yeah. the marketing. It was something that was off because that movie was fantastic. It's, awesome. it's a great movie. It yeah. really is. All right. So next up, we have a voice message from Jordan, uh, who guess goes by at Boiler Couple. I will assume that maybe that's on, on the Twitters. Uh, yep. I'm going to play their voicemail. <laughs> Hello, hosts of Horror Movie Podcast. This is avid horror fan Jordan Allen, a.k.a. at BoilerCouple on Twitter. First off, I would be remiss if I didn't congratulate you guys on 200 episodes of the podcast. Thank you guys for all the amazing content and episodes you've put out there for us horror fans to listen to. And thank you for continuing to put out those quality episodes. I know that 2020 has been some very weird and trying times for us all. And I know that personally, HMP has helped brighten my spirits a few times throughout all of this, so thank you guys. Thanks again, gentlemen, and I look forward to listening to episode 200 of my favorite podcast. Stay safe and stay healthy, horror fam. Thank you very much, Jordan. That's awesome. All right, I've got one here from Facebook. This is from Charles Gibson. What film or series would you like to see remade or rebooted, and what film or series do you not want to see remade? 
Um, I'll feel this one real quick for me. The one I always want to see remade is The Devil Rides Out, the Hammer film from 1968, because in the DVD commentary, Christopher Lee himself, who starred in the movie, said he would like to see a modern remake of it with modern effects. And I thought, wow, that's pretty cool. I would like to see that as well. Um, as far as no remakes, it's one that they've already remade and they're talking about remaking again. It's Poltergeist, a movie that means uh, meant a lot more to me than I thought when that remake came out. Um, I don't want them to touch it anymore. Just leave it alone. The remade part is hard because I typically roll my eyes and get very annoyed with remakes, though there are some that I ended up liking quite a bit, to be fair. And obviously the thing is on my number one spot on my top 10 list. So I don't right, really have right. a leg to stand on that. That being said, uh, I, I don't know. It's, I don't know that there's a movie that I off the top. I mean, the way, they would all be bad with remake exorcist two. <laughs> you know, no offense. I know somebody some people out there that like exorcist two, as I learned from our comment section, but um, I don't know the remake. I don't think I have an answer for that one. Like I'd really have to think about it, but I could say what I don't re want remade. All right. I'm going to duck as soon as I say this from Josh psycho. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to remade either, but I love the one that's already been done. <laughs> <laughs> that was my passive aggressive way of uh, saying that I wasn't as big a fan. <laughs> I, like, I don't, I don't want the, I mean, I know that. Okay. I'll tell you what. I definitely don't want them doing. Okay, I shows. I have no interest in it at all is they're talking yet again about quote unquote rebooting Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Leatherface. It's like, dude, stop. Stop, yeah, stop, stop, enough stop. Already. That is a lightning in a bottle. It's indicative of its time. You are never going to cap. Yo, stop. Just stop. You know, what point? How many? You know, and, it's, and, and it's funny. I don't feel that way about Halloween. I don't feel that way about Friday the 13th. I don't feel that way about Nightmare on Elm Street, honestly. I, I But I feel that way about Texas Chainsaw Massacre because I feel like that first movie especially but even like I'm, I'm a fan of two and three. So, but it, that first movie, you're just not going to do it, man. And, and I mean, actually I liked, I did see the speaking. I know that they remade it with um, Jessica Biel and I, I like that. I mean, I didn't, I was a little bit like, like meaner spirited, I think in a way right. than, than the original was. So I, I prefer the original, but I could appreciate it. And I liked what they did there, but I don't, I don't feel like you're going to probably do that again. <laughs> so just right. stop. Like if I have to pick I one, agree. stop. I'm with you. Yeah, there's nothing I really want to see remade. I just preferred no remakes, but I do end up enjoying a lot of them at the same time. So I just, for me, the cost isn't worth the benefit generally. You yeah, know, like yeah. uh, if it turns out great, great. But, you know, so I guess in some ways it's the same answer. I don't want them to remake either the Lost Boys or Monster Squad. But if they had to, I would be very interested to see the remakes of the Lost Boys or Monster Squad. I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, I, I don't know. I don't really want him to remake anything for you. I, you know, the one I'm really excited about the concept of that I invented <laughs> on, on our franchise review was Michel Gondry doing a nightmare on Elm street. I would love to see that. Yes. Oh, that would be really cool. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Something like that. Something different, something unexpected that I'm at least interested. Yeah. And I'm, freaking psyched about the Candyman movie. So yeah, I okay, that. yeah, that looks good. Yeah. I really want to see that too. I can't wait for and that. I don't one. think they're going to necessarily go the Halloween 2018 route of like, you know, it's going to be a direct kind of sequel type deal, but I do feel like it's still in the same universe. So it's kind of, I don't know what you call these new ways of doing sequels. Cause it's not yeah. really a sequel, but kind of sequel. 
Yeah, right. Yeah. It's like a reboot in the same universe, but not necessarily a sequel. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it looks it looks fantastic. All right, so uh, we got an email uh, from a from a a guy that I he sounds familiar. So I don't know if he's ever commented on the boards. It seems Peter Nielsen. Uh, <laughs> I, I feel like I've heard that name before somewhere. Uh, he put the first part of his email in Swedish. I'm assuming, and by the way, Peter, I'm assuming that's Swedish and not Danish. You didn't say, you just said use Google Translate for that one. And the running joke is I keep referring to him as Swedish when I know full well he is from Denmark, not Sweden. He just has lived there for a long time. He lived right. But I right. believe this is Swedish because when I put it in, it translated correctly. <laughs> so okay. uh, it, it comes up as, I might even attempt to say it in the right language. Oh, come on. I want to hear you read okay. the email. Yeah. All right, hold Swedish. on. Here we go. Ready? Ready? This will make Peter happy. Ready? Absolutely. You know what? I picture you with arms through and you're throwing salad around right now. What the hell is that? Peter lets me do that. (laughs) Peter does that himself, so I can get away with that. Okay. You're the the Swedish chef from the the Muppets. Here, I'll read it as a true Florida native. Ready? Hedge Mine Venner. Jagville League begined <laughs> mad at Sieg till I mad 200 episoder. <laughs> All right. It translates to, hi, my friends. I just want to start by saying congratulations on 200 episodes. It's many hours of wonderful entertainment, and I've enjoyed them all. So it did translate, Peter. You should be happy. Uh, <laughs> then he says, he goes on to say, I'd like to pose a question to all three of you, if you don't mind. It would be great if we said, yeah, we do. All right. What's the next question? All right. When you're a kid, you see your dad as being fearless, right? Because he's your dad and not supposed to be scared of anything. So when he tell, so when he then tells you about a horror movie that freaked him out back in the day, your immediate thought is, holy beep, this movie must be the most terrifyingly scary movie ever made because it freaked dad out, right? For me, it was when my dad told me about this his experience with catching a late night viewing at a theater of an old movie called the Testament of Dr. Mabuse from 1933 and the walk home from the theater through a wooded area with his friends, mind you, but they were all still freaked out by every sound they heard on that walk. So my young mind, of course, decided to never watch that movie because it scared because if it scared my dad, it would probably scar me for life. I have said movie in my collection, of course, but to this day, I still haven't watched it. So my question is, do you have any such memories of your dad's telling you about a particular movie that scared him that made you think twice before watching it? So, yes, yeah. I, I definitely do. Okay, By go, the way, The go. Testament of Dr. Mabuse is awesome. Yeah, so, De- definitely watch it, Peter. I think that's a great movie. Um, but my father and this goes back to when he was pulling guard duty in Vietnam. What it was then, it was 18 hours on, 18 hours off. So uh, the guy he was with said, okay, I'll take the first 18 hours. You go watch the movie. The movie was um, Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. My father then said at guard duty, he was at night. He said he was sitting there with his eyes wide open. Every noise he heard, all he could think of, it was Betty Davis coming to get him <laughs> while sitting in the bunker in Vietnam. So... Uh, that was when, and I, I don't know what age I was. I wasn't real young at that point. I was probably more of a teenager when he told me that story. Um, but I remember him talking about the whatever happened to Baby Jane. He saw that in Vietnam right before pulling guard duty at night. I, I, I love, by the way, that it wasn't the fact that he was in Vietnam. <laughs> 
that was the, that no, was the it, by that point, he had been there for a while it was yeah. the fact that yeah. and it was what really got him where the rats in vietnam were supposedly about three feet long yeah. and when betty davis serves joan crawford the oh, rag yeah. on the plate yeah that might have been what finally pushed him over the top yes yeah i could see that yeah i i have that as well i have i have a similar tell it, it obviously not uh, about vietnam or uh, that movie but um my dad i remember specifically telling me about the original war of the worlds that freaked him out as a little kid uh, he had seen it my dad was about is i think he was in his early 30s when i was born i think he was born in 43 so he had you know he'd been a kid in the in the 50s and the early 50s and everything and went to see these movies in the theater and the other one he had told me about was the birds and how after they had seen it, he walks out of the theater. I think it was he was a junior in high school, maybe maybe a senior. Mm. And he walks out of the theater and there literally were just hundreds of like black wow. birds on all of the, <laughs> uh, the wires above him. And he was like just terrified. And so I was the birds. Would, I was a little freaked out. But the other one and it's no shock because it's in my top 10 list. The, and I and because both he and my mom told me this, that there was this movie called Black Christmas. And they saw it and he just said it scared him half to death. Like it just really freaked him out. And he had told me for the longest time that he'd been banned because in Florida because of the whole Ted Bundy thing. Because, there's you know, Ted Bundy would. But I, I the problem I had was I was like, well, wait, Ted Bundy was captured. And the whole thing that happened at FSU was in the early, early 1978. When Black Christmas came out is what, 74. So I'm like, well, that doesn't match i mean i know it's a canadian film maybe it came out later well i finally did some research and i don't know i may have talked about this on the show before so i'll keep it short and cut it out josh if i have um but uh i now, looked, unfortunately we've never covered black christmas so how could it have come up oh i i well, <laughs> I, 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 I think that was, was that sarcasm yeah no, just joking, sir. <laughs> it's okay. a very controversial episode oh, oh, oh yeah 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 i was like oh, i see messing with me right now what's happening <laughs> so um no, but the the fact was, and again, I may have talked about it in that episode, was the fact that uh, it was on TV. It was going to be like the world premiere, I think, like an ABC or something. And I guess the powers that be in Tallahassee got them to not show it in certain, it was something like that in certain markets in Florida because it was coming, it literally was going to like do its, I guess, premiere um, on one of the, one of the network channels uh, in Florida right around that time when all that happened so that's where the it got crossed of oh it got it got like banned or something uh but anyway as a result i was like terrified to see that movie finally saw it in college we read it on vhs and it was me and a friend of mine i think i did tell this in that episode how we just i had my back to this hall this long hallway and like about halfway point of that movie i'm like sitting on the couch you know these two 200 plus pound dudes like you look like football players like kind of huddled together like oh yeah we were a little freaked out so that would be for me it was black christmas awesome for me uh peter i I didn't have a father growing up so thanks for bringing that up (laughs) come on man (laughs) you've now pulled a daryl because daryl loves to do that to him (laughs) and me (laughs) um but uh but my mom did not watch horror movies at all no one in my family did lived with my grandparents for a while they didn't watch horror movies so i really i was like a sheep to the slaughter i was basically walking in blind into the horror genre and uh yeah I, i was surprised by it all well, there you go, Peter. So thanks awesome. for bringing it down, buddy. <laughs> and, and hopefully I have podcasts. I obviously you, you podcast with Peter on a regular basis, Joel. I did podcast with him on several land of the creeps and he definitely needs to be on HMP yes. at some point yes. in the near future. It's it's, it, it would be, uh, 
He is uh, he is a pleasure to podcast. Yes, with. he is. So I love thank Peter you very much. Peter knows I love him. Yep. I can't remember who it was, but was giving Peter a little bit of grief on Twitter. Like, how was Daryl on HMP before you were? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's great. Yeah. So I guess it's more giving us grief. Sorry, Peter. Yeah, that's that's, right, a, that's right, a good point. Right. Yeah, Peter, they, they were they were they were feeling bad for you and and pointing that out. Uh, so, do you have anything else on Facebook, Dave? Or you? Because I have one more email. I do, I do. I well, I have a few more, but I'll, I'll go real quick to uh, Michelle Zeris, uh, who actually posts over on HMP's um, message board quite a bit. Uh, asked if you could change the ending of any movie, which one, how, and why. And she puts love HMP. Congratulations. Uh, real quick of a recent movie, I would say the boy, uh, at least the portion at the end. And it's, it's the portion where the, the boyfriend shows up. He's kind of portrayed to be sort of a hillbilly. And he not only tracks her down in England, not only did he get to England, but he tracked her down in England without knowing where to look. That's the part of the movie. I just like, come on, how could this guy, he doesn't even seem like a guy who'd have a passport to me. How the hell did he get to England? I can even deal with where they went with Brahms. I just couldn't stand. It's almost like the boyfriend was like, we need a victim. Let's send him over to England, even though there's no way he could get there and track her down. That would be what I would change from the boy. Um, and thank you very much for the, uh, for the comment. Yeah. What, what about William you? William Brambell, if you're listening, uh, you're, you've been put on notice. <laughs> Just kidding. Right. We love you. Right. Wolfman, do you have one? Um, I accidentally logged out of the page, so I didn't hear the question. Oh, it was, if you could change the ending of any movie, which one, how, and why? Uh, give me one second to think about that. Okay, then I'll pipe in real quick. I think it's a no-brainer for me. Oh, I think I know yours, too. <laughs> it's, it's the sixth sense. No, I'm just kidding. Right. Uh, <laughs> um, I know everyone's thinking he's going to say the mist. Ha ha ha. Uh, it, it, I, I will rewatch the movie at some point and I will try to keep an open mind, folks. I'm sorry. I just it, as a dad, it just bugged me. Um, but again, and then again, my kids are again starting to become teenagers. So maybe I'll feel differently by the time right. I rewatch it again. You know, that, <laughs> an ending that I I would want to change. Hmm. That's a tough one because oftentimes like if a movie isn't a great movie to me, like I, it, there's so much more to it than just the ending. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's a hard way. So I, I have to think of a movie where maybe I liked it because I, I guess I will say the mist only in that I loved the movie. I, I really right. I actually loved it. And it was one of my favorite Stephen King novellas. And then just that last two minutes, just it, for me, I get that. No, a lot of people would disagree with this, but for me, um, it just kind of drove me nuts. So, right. but, but I kind of feel like that's easy. That's like low hanging fruit. I know you go ahead, Josh, if you got one, I'll see if I can come up with another one. And I, and I liked the boy. I liked most of the boy as well. And it was that portion. I just kind of ruined it for me. Um, I'm going to say, Hmm. I had one and then I just blanked what it was. Oh, I'm going to say Jordan Peele's Us, actually. I like the movie, but I liked it a lot more before it tried to explain all of its mythology. And then mm. it kind of like only explained like 75% of the mythology and then leaves a lot of bigger questions going, well, that doesn't make sense. And then how does this connect if that's true? And then it just left me thinking about the plot holes more than I wanted to be. Whereas if they just said it's supernatural and not explained anything, I would have enjoyed it a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, mm. I, 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 I could agree with that. I 
didn't bother me as much. I know it bothered a lot of people. Um, but uh, but yeah, I can I can see that point. I mean, this is a movie I like, but it's that's that's something that would have made it like a 10 for me instead of a whatever it was a nine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. You know what? Brightburn. We're going to I'm just trying to find I was like looking through and trying to find like more recent movies that if I because I didn't hate Brightburn, but I remember. Oh, I got one. Pet Cemetery. I just saw it. The remake. Yeah. Oh, that, there you go. Yeah. That ending's so cool. Uh, it would be in a different movie. <laughs> Where I didn't I didn't hadn't read the book and was in love with the original movie. Yes, that ending would be perfectly fine, except that it wasn't just that ending that I felt it wasn't even just that they changed the key things that they changed. It was it just lacked the emotional impact to me. It just really did. Yeah. I didn't feel what I felt and to this day. If I watched the original 89 version and that little shoe goes kicking across that, I it, it gets in the pictures and the scream and all of that together. This it was like, eh, that sucks. <laughs> that, yeah, I thought the ending was amazing but there was the oftentimes it's not the very ending that bugs me with movies but it's kind of like the second to last part yeah. and that was definitely true of Pet Cemetery. Yeah, and that, that I find that happens a lot with movies Yeah, like they maybe know exactly how they want to end it but it's like the part and that's kind of how Us was too it wasn't the very very ending it was fine but it's like the part leading up to that where they're kind of trying to explain everything in their third act is like oh, it was kind of clunky yeah, yeah. All right, so I've got. Do you have any more Twitter ones? Or you want me to do the last uh, voicemail? Um, I've got a couple. Let me just just. I just want to make sure I don't miss any unintentionally. So I'm just gonna um, scan through them really quick. And I've got a couple too that I can hold. I'm gonna these ones. The rest of them, we just are running out of time. So I, I don't want to forget anybody. But at the same time, we don't have time to delve too deeply into some of these. This one is from Dark Mark. He says, "Is there a horror subgenre director franchise?" that is a personal blind spot for you. I've got a lot. And that's what I realized yeah. doing the podcast is that, Oh wow. That was a huge blind spot for me. Usually I try to counteract that with cramming a bunch of movies in and getting an expert host or guest on for that right. episode. Yeah. And that's kind of how I <laughs> approach it personally. Yeah. I mean, for me, Jallos, the Italian Jallos, and I've started to uh, fill that in a little bit uh, as the podcast goes on both LOTC and horror movie podcast. And I'm looking forward to seeing even more. Yeah. And for, and for me, actually, it's funny you said Giallo's because I had seen a few of them when I was younger and I always liked them. Um, but I'd say Italian horror in general and, and really, honestly, a lot of foreign horror. I mean, I've seen some, uh, but I tend to see the ones that kind of everybody sees and are the flavor of the month, so to speak. Um, but I would say, yeah, a lot of Italian horror. Like, for instance, I had seen almost no Fulci stuff until relatively recent. Uh, I'd seen several Argento films and I tend to like I think I definitely prefer Argento to Fulci. Uh, but uh, mm -hmm. that's definitely a blind spot for me by a lot. All right. Um, we've got another one here from Tom, the fanboy. He says, what is a good movie with scary moments that you can show your kids as a litmus test for their ability to watch a real horror movie? Tom, we did an entire episode on this called Horror Movies for Little Monsters. If, if you can find that at horrormoviepodcast.com. And we spent two hours giving you film recommendations for different age groups. And it's a really fun episode. So I'd recommend that. That was episode 97, actually. Awesome. Reaper Lee 23 says, congrats on reaching 200. My question would be, what movie got you into horror and how has it influenced your life? I honestly don't remember. I don't remember like seeing my first horror movie. I think the most impactful one that made me a fan through the eighties was Halloween. 
And then that kind of led to me watching a bunch of slashers and, and other things. But I honestly don't remember like my first horror movie, to be honest. What about you, Dave? Yeah, I, I, you know what? I, I'm not, I don't remember, you know, it would have been when I was younger. I mean, I, and it would have been something maybe that I saw. <sighs> it's hard to say. I, that's a hard one to say. I think I saw the birds on TV. When I was very young, I, I mean, I loved King Kong. You know, I, I watched King Kong a lot when I was younger. Maybe that one, but that's sort of on the line. I, but I remember seeing the birds and being really creeped out by it at a pretty young age. Um, so maybe that one, or it might have even, you know what? It might have even been Encounters with the Unknown, the one that Rod Serling narrates. That I think I was five or six, and there was a scene at the, the sequence at the beginning that stayed with me for many, many years. Yeah. Yeah, for me, I already mentioned Double Doll, Dr. Paul Bear. I was like four or five years old. And um, so I remember that. I remember, the thing is, I was a super sensitive kid. So I liked monsters. I loved, I loved like the old school monster stuff. But I remember when I would get exposed to certain horror stuff, it really just got in my head. Like I, I it would mess me up <laughs> bad. Uh, but I remember being like, you know, 11 years old and being at a friend's house. And he, you know, he, that's when I first saw night of the living dead. And I saw uh, nightmare on Elm street and I saw day of the dead. And I remember, you know, being like around eight, nine ish, somewhere in that ballpark and seeing creepers, AK phenomena. And my cousin rented fright night. And I remember he had a tape with the uh, uh, Friday 13th, three, four and five on it. Um, and, and so I can remember those things, but I remember it really bothered me. I think I've talked before about the sleepover at the friend's house where we did the double feature of sleepaway camp before bed and pieces in the morning when we woke up. Um, and so, wow. and, and it, it, it's funny because like, I had this weird, almost love-hate relationship with that kind of thing at that point because it just it bothered me so much. Like, it wasn't enjoyable. Like, I don't think I, I wouldn't have called any of those necessarily enjoyable experiences per se. I mean, a few of them it, it was. Like, I remember really liking Nightmare on Elm Street and some things like that, but other ones, not so much. But then something happened, like around 13-ish, something clicked, and I don't know what it was, but we were off to the races, and then I was all into it. But yeah, probably my, I, I know the first one would have been Double Doll. Awesome. Okay, this question is from Sunjabi. He says, congratulations on 200 episodes. I love winter because it's when it's negative 30 degrees outside and snowing, it's a perfect setting to watch a horror movie. My question is, what is your favorite horror movie that takes place in the winter and you can't choose The Shining or The Thing? So wow. I choose Misery. Sunjabi, thank you. That's a good one. You know what? I'm, I'd go with, wow. You know, either either cold prey or dead snow i'd probably uh, say dead snow i'll go with dead snow i'm gonna go this off the top of my head because he said i can't do either of those two <laughs> um, <laughs> storm of the century i mean i know this technically a tv movie but i really love that movie that's a good one yeah yeah and I will also just say that two of my favorite episodes we've ever done are Winter with Stephen King episodes where we covered The Shining, Misery, Storm of the Century, and Dreamcatcher. We did them two years in a row in January, so I'd recommend people check those out if they haven't heard them. That was wonderful. Okay, this question is from Sean Gorman. He says, in your opinion, what was the best overall decade for horror? Also, what do you think about the Eagles? As the band, the not the football oh. team. <laughs> Some people will definitely get the reference for that last question. I apologize, Sean. I'm not cool enough to get that reference. Yeah, me either, to I totally even... thought you meant the football team for a second there. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry, Sean, we're lame. Um, to answer your question, my entire life, I would have said the 80s, no question, 
for me. And now I think it's the 2010s. Wow. Yeah, you know, I'm thinking the same thing. I love the 80s, uh, but the 2010s are kind of blowing me away. Absolutely. It was that was an amazing decade for horror. Uh, for me, I'm going to be uh, totally on script and on brand and say the 80s. <laughs> but, <laughs> but also, I would say this in the 70s, I sort of clumped them together. Um, yeah. And honestly, even in the early 90s, I realize was, you know, that a lot of people in the 90s in general, I know a lot of people poo-poo the 90s, and I know that they're, they by comparison to what had come before, but I think there's a lot of gems in there as well. So, uh, yeah, that's my vote. The eighties, I guess if I have to pick one decade, I got this last, this last email. Um, it's from Nathan from the phantom galaxy podcast. And I'm, he's got a voicemail and the question. So I will go and play his voicemail first and then read the question. If he doesn't address it in the uh, voicemail. Perfect. Hi, horror movie podcast. This is Nathan Bartleball from the Phantom Galaxy, and I am just calling to tell you happy 200th episode. That's super awesome. I have been listening for a few years now. I have managed to go back through all the back catalog. When I started listening, it was Jay and Wolfman and Dr. Shock, and love the episodes, love them all the way through. Love uh, everything that Gilman Joel is now bringing to the show. I've really enjoyed the transition, and it's really fun to go back and listen to older episodes and uh, listen to all the new episodes. And I have really appreciated all of the things you guys have been doing during this whole quarantine and pandemic situation. I really like that you guys bring a little bit more than just the horror reviews to the table, including like a few episodes ago when you did address the upheaval that's going on in the world right now. So I think you guys strike a really great balance. Happy 200th episode. You guys are doing an awesome job. Here's to 200 more. Thank you so much. And the Phantom Galaxy is a great podcast. I was a guest over there. We talked about Ray Harryhausen films. Uh, if you get a chance, check it out. Uh, it was a lot awesome. of fun. That's cool. I I will put a link to that episode in the show notes at horrormoviepodcast.com if people want to check out that Ray Harryhausen episode. Yeah, very yeah, cool. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Absolutely. All right, going back to Facebook, uh, I had this is from uh, Mr. Watson, our old friend Mr. Watson. He said, I'd love to hear how the three of you fine gentlemen feel you've grown as podcasters and film critics over the years. To be more precise, since hopping on your respective mics, what skills have you honed that make you a better podcaster, film critic now? And then he put long live HMP. For me, honestly, what has improved just the, the conversation, uh, the, you know, the back and forth between uh, between the hosts. Uh, it really does. Uh, you learn as much as uh, I guess you bring to the table. And I think that's great. You know, I, I mean, you, you come with your opinions and then we, we talk them through and then you start to look at things in a little bit of a different light. And. Uh, for me, that's been the best thing about podcasting is uh, is just uh, just the give and take. You you really do learn something with every movie you review, with every discussion you you pick up something new, and I think that's that's uh, that's great. And and that's for me, just the act of podcasting is what is what has strengthened it from strengthened my skills. I would think as a as a uh, as a film reviewer. Josh, um, that's a good question. I think I actually was a better film reviewer when we started doing the podcasts because I was really, as I mentioned several times, I'm kind of a perfectionist. So I would be really ultra prepared and I was coming, I was closer at that time to the beginnings of my film career and film school kind of stuff. And so my head was in a different place. And I think it was, I was better at really dissecting the films 
than I am now. I think um, what I've learned through podcasting is that I enjoy being a fan, you know, and I think um, as I've also kind of mentioned in this episode, my tastes have they haven't really evolved. I, I still like all the same stuff, but I'm just less snooty about it. You know, I mean, I, I, I think I, I love art house films, but I don't have to, <laughs> I don't wear that as like any kind of badge of honor or think I'm better than anyone because of it. And I, and I can appreciate low quality <laughs> films. Um, I think that's happened through just watching so many movies also that we do for the podcast. We're going to talk about this a little bit later, but I just have watched so many films I maybe normally wouldn't have watched. And and at the same time, I, we only really review movies, or I only review movies on the Frankenstein episodes that I'm interested in. Like, I'd never have felt a pressure that I have to watch every single movie. I'm just, you know, I'm going to watch movies I feel like watching. And so generally I've seen pretty good ones, but I've also just seen so many more films due to this process that, I don't know, I, I guess my tastes have broadened and I'm more of a film lover now than I when uh, before I felt like I was kind of this very serious cinephile. Um, yeah, for me, honestly, I, I mean, you both have stated a lot of the same things. I feel like, I, I don't know if it's as much, I mean, it's partly the podcasting, but I think it's also just getting older <laughs> that I'm, I, I, I care less about what people think about my taste. Uh, I used to care so much and be so concerned that if I mm-hmm. said the wrong movie to the wrong per, Oh, they're going to think, yes, eh, whatever. Oh, yeah. I like yeah, now we've all been there. Yeah. And, but you know what now? Like I'll admit I like munchies. I don't care who knows it. And I'll admit <laughs> I've only seen, I think part of Godfather part two. What revoke his geek card. I, I look, I don't know why, I don't. I I just saw one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Like what? What? A two months ago? I mean, it happens, right? You. We have one life, and we could see only so many movies. And a lot of my life was devoted to watching like straight to video, <laughs> you know, <laughs> horror, <laughs> circa nineteen eighty nine, nineteen ninety. Okay, so that's just the way it is. Um, but that being said, I feel like for me personally, the main thing that it's helped me with is realizing. I'm not going to crumble and die from just putting myself out there a little bit because prior to doing the podcast, I liked being doing my originally before I ever made movies. I wanted to act like that was the thing I wanted to do. I was in like a little play in high school. I, I my I was when I was at uh, the my former corporate job. I even got to do a couple of industrial videos, but I avoided doing those type educational type videos. I avoided being in in front of the camera for the longest time and I being behind the camera was felt safer to me, right? It just, for whatever reason, it just felt very safe. Whereas in front felt terrifying. However, when I did the little educational video thing, I had a blast. Like it was because by that point I was in my later thirties and again, to getting closer to the place of where just don't give a crap. And I had been podcasting for quite a bit of time at that point. So I think for me, it's helped in the insecurity, (laughs) self-esteem category. And that dovetails with that feeling of, just love what you love. You, you don't, you don't owe anybody an apology. I mean, I know we joke about like not calling things guilty pleasures. It, it's just a phrase. It doesn't mean anything, but I guess the reason why I don't personally like to use it is because I don't feel like you got anything to feel, feel guilty for, man. You like what you like. And that's just how I feel. So I, I don't know if that answers the question exactly, but that's where, that's what popped in my head. You know, and just on that 
point. You know, I talked about how not having to be so carefully guarded as an art house guy and it's okay to like schluck. It actually goes the other way too. Like I am also unabashedly in love with art house films sure. and I've, that's something I was kind of scared to admit to a horror crowd sure. at first. And I, sometimes I go back and listen to those early episodes and I'm kind of embarrassed because I think in our previous podcasting experience, which we've talked about at horror palace, it was kind of like hammered into my head, at least when I started horror podcasting that, well, the hardcore horror fans are going to be upset if you don't like this movie or don't like that movie. And, you know, they only want you to mention horror films. It's not okay to ever like use an example. That's not a horror film. And, and so when we started this podcast, I think I had a little bit of PTSD from that a little <laughs> bit. Like, yeah. I think, um, there was like this feeling of, Oh, okay. We have to please the horror fans. And what I've loved about this experience is just finding an audience that, that likes what we like, mm -hmm. you know, that we've, you know, driven away the people who disagree with us or they're happy to disagree with us and still listen. Sure. And we've attracted people who are like-minded horror fans. And there are a lot of them and yeah. there are people who, you know, and like when I listen to the one that I always think of is the art house vampires episode, I haven't listened to that in years, but I, when I think of it, I like blush a little bit. Cause I, all I remember is just kind of apologizing for doing that episode during the entire course of the episode. And when I went back and looked at what the movies we covered were recently, like they're all fantastic horror sure, movies. Sure, they're yeah. all definitely horror. They're Absolutely. all like top tier films. And it's like, kind of i don't know i almost feel bad that i like spent so much time being embarrassed right. <laughs> i like our house films it's i you know because i remember those days josh i was there with you and i remember that and i mean i remember uh people saying to me oh in your blog you should only review horror films you shouldn't go into other movies i'm like no too bad i'm not doing that i'm reviewing what i want i'm i, I love all movies horror and uh you know all genres so too bad i never really got as pulled into that I think as um, some some others did, and I know Jay, I think was affected by it as well. It's it's just there was this, and I don't know how how true it was because I don't think that there you know there are people who just like horror, but I don't think that there you know that there are as many of them, and I don't think that our listeners are, are that's not our listeners that, that that's that's not who that's not the people who listen to HMP, they understand, and and yes, you can love horror and love other genres. So, and I never felt any. I never felt any shame about that. I never felt like, oh, I need to like review only horror. But I'm with you, Josh. I remember those days. I do. And I, and I, I just never, I didn't care. As one of those listeners <laughs> to HMP, I can tell you, it, it, it just my personal take on it is, I believe people can chew gum and walk at the same time. I think that <laughs> fan, film fans yeah. means you're probably capable of liking more than one genre. It just so happens that for a lot of the people who would listen to a show called horror movie podcast, probably your favorite genre is horror. I mean, right. musicals right. are my least favorite genre. I no offense. If you love musicals out there, more power to you. I, I always wished I could, cause I can appreciate the artistry. Just, they don't do anything for me. That said, I even have a couple of musicals. I like, so I'm just yeah. saying that, <laughs> that to say that all you like, you know, even when I was like a 14 year old diehard Fangoria gore zone horror collage on an entire wall of my bedroom, 
you know, you know, forsaking a social life of any sort as I'm going into high school because I would much rather sit at home with my five for 99 cents each spec videotape rentals of, and they're all horror. And that's all I did. Even then I would still go catch Indian summer at which is like a goofy romantic I comedy. I love right. Indian summer. Yeah, dude. I say, like I would still go and see stuff like that as yeah, much as Shrek. I would. Yes. 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 <laughs> so I guess all I'm saying is, is that, I personally make the assumption that everybody out there likes many different things and that we're just all movie lovers. We just happen to really love horror movies. Right. That's what it comes down okay. to. Yeah. And that settles that. And having said that, only, I only watch horror movies now. Oh, yeah. That, that, that being said, yes. Yes. Not really, but. So what's our next right. uh, question? I'm also there? forced to watch Detective Pikachu. Oh, well. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's brutal. It's yeah. brutal being a parent. <laughs> oh, it can be. Um, all right. Well, you know, it's funny because uh, Joel had brought up uh, guilty pleasures. Uh, so I'm just going to go into a uh, question from Jay Wall, who is a uh, fellow podcaster, YouTuber, uh, has a lot of a uh, lot of things going on, actually. And he says, congrats on 200. What's your favorite bad sequel? Mm, that's a I'll good tell you one. what. For me, it's easy. Hello, Mary Lou. Prom night two. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Um, I'm trying to think of a good. I, 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 my knee jerk would be to say something like, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street six, but I don't want to do that. I want to fight. So like, I, I like the Hello Mary Lou Prom night two choice. That's a good choice. Although it's funny that movie I thought would hold up for me better than I. It's been a few years since I rewatched it, but I remember we reviewed that on Retro Movie Geek, and I just I was. Like disappointed in myself that I didn't like it more than I thought I would because I remembered really liking it. So I'll tell you, I mean, there was never a time I thought it was a good movie. The mm -hmm. first time I saw it, I didn't think it was a good movie, but I loved it. I just absolutely loved it, and I can watch it. I from the from the first time to the tenth time, I'll say that's not a good movie, but I love it. I got it. I got it because I know some people will claim it's crap, and I think you are wrong. Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3. Uh, ah, I'm with you. I Thank love that you. movie too. It I think I, I actually I like that one a little better than number two. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, I, I, I like number two. I appreciate number two. But if given my druthers, I'm watching number three. Love that. I All had right, that. I, I had that you. with because you remember how back in the day you put them on VHS. You'd always have three movies because like, you could do the what was it the uh, was that the EP mode or the SLP? that was the uh, SLP? SLP SLP yeah because I was yeah, obviously SLP. cheap. I was cheap. I, sometimes it was quality. I'd only put one movie per tape, but oftentimes in this case I had Halloween four, uh, Gleaming the Cube, and Texas Chainsaw Massacre three Leatherface. Nice. The, and I I wore that tape out. You would have thought. Can, I, can I tell you as a brief aside, Gleaming the Cube is currently streaming on Amazon Prime and I watched it with my kids the other day and it was glorious. It is. It is. It is. It is a glorious cinematic achievement. <laughs> I enjoy it more um, than thrashing. I, that may be heresy to some folks, but I, I, I love Gleaming the Cube. Yeah. Um, my... I was trying to think of a good one like you guys. The, the easy one I thought of was I just I'm a huge fan of Halloween 3, 4, 5, and 6. Yeah. And so those are any of those. those yeah, those are all bad. Um, there's, I don't, okay, see something. I don't think three and four are bad. I think three no, gets a bad uh, rap. And I think four is a I think four is actually got its its good points. Five and six. I can't make those arguments for at all. I love see. I love elements of both of them. I They're do, not, too. I do, too. But I'm saying I think it's it, I think of a bad look. I'm not bad. Not by the standard of, quote, unquote, the mainstream. I get most film critics would say all of them are bad. Whatever. I'm not talking about them. I do it for horror fans. I think three and four are actually good movies. Five and six aren't. But I do enjoy them for what they are. 
I agree. I, I and I really like. I actually kind of like five too. I mean, six six is a little bit hard, but I really I do five. like the fifth one. I like the fifth one. If too, you yeah. said resurrection, I would drive to Utah right now, and we'd have words. <laughs> I literally was about to say it, but I decided no! to move, no! move on. Do not a different franchise. <laughs> <laughs> I like elements of resurrection. Uh, yeah, there, there are some good parts about it. As a Halloween just enthusiast, you kind of just like it all. You know, I mean, it's true. hard. Yeah. It's hard to. Except for that one, I can't. I, I I love the I love them all except for that one. I just can't. But there are moments. It's got its moments. Does it? <laughs> it does. It <laughs> truly, truly does. Anyway, um, the other one, I couldn't really think of one. I was trying to think of one that was more controversial to horror fans, and the only one I could really think of is the Thing prequel. I'm a stand for. I just love the Thing prequel. I just think it's fantastic. I, I, yeah, that that you know what that's stronger than you know what it, as a big fan of the Thing. I wasn't. I took me a while to actually sit down and watch it. But when I did, I'm like, you know what? That works. That that actually does work as as a prequel. I really did enjoy it as well. There are a couple things that suck about it. I, I don't like it. The CGI, it yeah. Along. yeah, the CGI, especially the ending, is a little outside of the world. But the beginning three-fourths just feels like it's the exact same world as the original yes, to me. absolutely. Which I appreciate it. I don't know. Not a great answer. <laughs> I think it, it works. <laughs> you you it owe works. no one an apology, sir. <laughs> what you got, Dave? Wait, wait, wait what are, do you have any uh, two left? Yeah, two, two left. Okay. Two left. Uh, well, real quick, let me just say, uh, from Petunia DeCorley, she just said, happy 200th episode. Didn't well, ask a question, you. just said that, but I did want to give her a quick shout out. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. Um, we'll go to Hector Santana Jr., who said, do you all prefer, well, this one's easy. Do you all prefer CGI or practical effects for horror films? Oh, that's I think cute, Hector. In, is, that a, is, that a, is that like a trick? <laughs> yeah, I, I think we're all in the practical effects. Uh, big I, time. I know I am. Yeah, big time, big time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, what do you think is the most overrated and the most underrated horror franchises? Oh, franchises. Um, nice. Overrated. You know what? Uh Oh boy, that that is a tough one. I the, the overrated one I have to think about. Underrated for me is um without a doubt subspecies. I love oh, the subspecies nice. franchise from from Full Moon uh with Radu the vampire. I think that that's some that's a franchise everybody should see. Uh, it really is I think Full Moon's you know, Full Moon has put out some 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 good stuff, some bad stuff, but I really do like the subspecies uh franchise and i think everybody should see it for me that's the most underrated um overrated ah boy i'll tell you you know it, it, it's uh we we went through a few of them and maybe uh, the first two movies aside maybe hellraiser i mean it's got a few good movies after the first two but it's just it's got i think more bad than good um, but the first one is my fifth favorite horror film of all time. And I think the second one is one of the great sequels to be honest with you, but maybe the Hellraiser series, uh, you know, just for want of a, of a, of a more overrated, uh, franchise. That's tough. Uh, do you got, do you got something, Josh, you want me to try to jump in on this? Um, well, you know, I don't know. Some of these aren't underrated by horror fans, so they maybe are underrated in the bigger picture but i think hammers dracula films and frankenstein films just have not got the mainstream love and acceptance that they deserve i just think they're fantastic yeah, i agree um overrated i mean i don't want to get and all the usual suspects upset with me you know <laughs> <laughs> i had a hard time with nightmare on elm street and child's play growing up i've learned to appreciate elements of them 
due to our franchise reviews, um, especially Nightmare on Elm Street is better than I ever gave it credit for. I still, just aesthetically, it's just not my thing, but I definitely appreciate it a lot more than I did. So um, I, I don't want to call it overrated, but well, here we are, I guess. Wow. <laughs> well, I, I will uh, forgive you for that. I feel like that's something you should apologize for. Never apologize <laughs> for something you like. Well, you know, I, I work again. We're kind of past it as horror fans, but for a time, I definitely thought like the Saw franchise was overrated, for instance. And but I feel like, every, but now I don't feel like it is anymore. Like now, I feel like it's kind of looked down on. And so the true stalwarts have stood by it all these years. And those are the real Saw fans, or the ones out there still. You know, giving a you know lot. What? So. I, I might even, and maybe I even change my answer. Maybe for me, paranormal activity. I think a little bit overrated. Yeah, I think <gasps> the third one is good. I thought, I, I'll be honest with you, I was really staying away from the first one because I thought, oh my God, this is going to petrify me. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a ghost. Or what do it to? I mean, they they scare me, and I. But I watched the first one. I'm like, you know what? It's just not scaring me. It's not really working on me like I thought it would. And kind of with the second one, the third one, I did enjoy. I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm not going to change my answer, but that one uh, maybe a little bit for me as well. Uh, the is paranormal activity. So, how many movies does it have to have to be a franchise? More than two. <laughs> Well, yeah. can I just make one comment about Paranormal Activity? I yeah. I did not see all of them, so I can't stand up for it. But I just I thought the marked ones was so much better than it got credit for. And I didn't see that one. I'll be I didn't see the marked one. I really liked that one. Yeah. So I'm going to actually I cheat a little bit here, and I'm going to agree with Dave because I think Hellraiser. Uh, and I like Hellraiser three. I remember actually renting that when it first dropped. Hmm. Um, I actually there were things about it I liked. I am 99% sure I saw the fourth, which I, which I think is the one in space. I feel like that it is might be, and, it might be the and, one in space, but I don't yeah. remember liking it. And, and I, then I stopped. <laughs> so, um, and, and I do, I don't love the first one the way you do Dave, but I appreciate a lot about it. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so I would say that probably if we're going to say what's overrated as a franchise, it's just how it kind of gets, you know, put up on the pedestal. I'm going to pick one that, uh, I don't know, maybe this would be a little controversial. I'm going to say underrated. The Psycho franchise. Mm, yes, that's a good choice. Absolutely. I Psycho 2 and Psycho two, 3 are really two, good and four, strong movies. I think 4 is a really strong yeah. like, t- TV movie. And then if you really want to kind of look at the total, I know this is sort of an offshoot, but like even the Bates Motel TV show, which I, I realize again, it's not canon to, to what happens with the Anthony Perkins vehicles. But at the same time, it's in the world. I think it's part of a franchise. If you look at it that way and it's, it's rock solid. So I'm going to say the psycho franchise for, under. I'll tell you what, absolutely. I think that's a great choice. Yeah. And I'm a big defender of psycho four actually. So we, we definitely need to do that franchise. I'm actually that I'm so looking forward to that one. And, and, uh, uh, the subspecies, (laughs) <laughs> and evil dead oh and evil dead and yes, evil dead it. yes yeah. evil dead there's still Absolutely. quite a few really good ones we have not touched on and again I, yeah. I guess the question becomes what defines it as a franchise does it have to be more than two movies because like stepfather there's three of them is that a franchise mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. yeah I, people have been asking us like how is it that you got to puppet master <laughs> before you got to texas chainsaw massacre and evil dead and- 
Yeah. And the, the, the reasoning behind that was, is each of those had a new installment in the series coming out when we did the yes. franchise reviews. So that kind of guided when we did them. Cause yeah. otherwise, yeah, there are definitely some big ones left, which is exciting for yep. people just joining us now, especially. Yep. I, th- I thank you for thank you for reminding me of that, Josh, because I was about to ask the same question. <laughs> well, I, I will say, too, not to be completely self-centered, but I'm, it's also exciting for me because, you know, again, I loved listening to it, but I would have loved to have been part of the nightmare discussion or child's play or any of the other mm-hmm. ones. But, but certainly those, you know, just so they had an advocate. <laughs> uh, so what, what's did you have another question, Dave, or was that uh, it? This is the last one. I got okay. one last one on Facebook is from Jason Whittington. And he says, what is each of your favorite horror-related podcasts that you don't appear on or haven't appeared on, even as guests? Now, there are some that I, uh, I've i appeared on as a guest. Uh, well, obviously, Land of the Creeps, I appear on regularly. But Father and Son Watch Horror, I've been a guest on that one. I do listen to that one. I think it's great. You should Everyone should check it out. There are some old podcasts that are no longer around, uh, Horror Etc. I loved Horror Etc. and Cinema Diabolica. They're both really strong podcasts, but they're, I don't know that every now and again, a new Cinema Diabolica will pop up, but it might have been even a few years since that. Still running, though, for me would be Monster Kid Radio with Derek Cook. Uh, it's a great resource for classic horror, and he really does put out a great show. So that's my pick. It would be Monster Kid Radio. I actually do not listen to a ton of horror podcasts. I don't listen to a ton of podcasts, period. I used to listen to them all the time. And every once in a while, uh, I still do. I have a small grouping that I still listen to on the regular. Um, I would say Father and Son Watch Horror Movies, uh, which apparently I will be on, actually, next Friday. <laughs> so, uh, looking oh, awesome. That's great. Yeah. I, I, w- I won't say what we're covering, just so that way I could save the surprise uh for for their show but um but yeah um and uh yeah i mean i I haven't been on land of the creeps but it's it's not you know there's again there's it's not that i just like them but honestly hmp was the primary horror podcast i listened to and then i was like hey want to be honest like yeah i guess except now i'm not gonna have it to listen to okay (laughs) (laughs) wow um yeah i just the more and more I've podcasted, the less and less that I've listened to movie podcasts. And I know that has been controversial within the podcasting world. We had a little dust up with another horror podcast many years ago where they were like, well, you don't listen to us. We listen to you. I'm like, bro, I'm very busy. Yeah, it's not, it's <laughs> like, nothing personal. I can't listen to like 13 horror podcasts. Yeah. I know that, you know, and that's the thing is, but the, the real truth behind it is, and I mentioned this, I think, on our last episode. When I read other people's in- reviews of a film or listen to it on a podcast, that's all I can think of in my head for some reason. Yep. And so yep. I, I try to avoid hearing anything that's going to have crossover content with us. So that's why I do enjoy listening to many of the podcasts you guys have mentioned if I've if it's a film we've already reviewed. Yes. But rarely will I read a review or listen to a review for something we haven't already reviewed that I think we might review in the future. Cause I just don't want those other reviews in my head. So, yeah. um, film junk is my all time favorite podcast, a film podcast. Uh, Jay was the director of cursed films, uh, you know, was our guest a couple episodes ago. Um, there are several of our listeners who started fantastic podcasts, you know, Hugh and Matt and yes. so many people, yes. but, um, I really enjoy, uh, Dr. Watson who left a comment on this episode. His, first podcast was so good and he's doing a new podcast with Dave Z, I believe another listener of HMP. I feel like, you know, Kevin Smith always talks about how 
people would watch his movies and be like, Hey, I could make a movie. If this idiot can make a movie, I feel like that's us with podcasts. Like every one of our listeners has started a podcast. Yeah, right? It's interesting. <laughs> and you know what? I mean, you're right. A lot of them are really strong. They really are. <laughs> yeah. And we've got a lot of, yeah, a lot of smart people. Um, yes. But uh, yeah, Watson is probably one of my favorites. My favorite podcast that I used to listen to, which again, I don't anymore. That was a horror podcast was uh, the faculty of horror. I thought they were fantastic mm-hmm. and I'm sure they continue to be fantastic. But again, I'm just cutting down on my horror podcast listening. Um, there's so many there, there, there are so many, but mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm, we love them all, but it, I, right. it is fun. Funny. You say that Josh, because I have found, especially since, being on this show and then I always did tear on the two with Peter and I, I just I don't have the time really it's not that nothing personal at all like it's not personal I, I wish I had more time sometimes to listen to more things but yeah I just like a lot of movie podcasts I, I used to listen to a ton of them and I just don't listen to them as much anymore I just don't well and for me I love movie podcasts but it's just like I'm spending so many hours of my week with a movie podcast already when I do listen to other podcasts I want to listen to history or politics or something that's going to make me laugh. I still listen to a lot of podcasts. I just don't listen to as many movie podcasts anymore. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, hopefully that answers uh, everyone, everyone's questions. Do we have anything else left on uh, Twitter or anything else, Josh? Yeah, I've got three here that are left on Twitter. Um, this one I missed. So I'm glad I caught it. Cause it was a good one. This is from Graham, the haunted marshmallow. Someone else who has started their own podcast. That's a really good one. Um, and I would give it a shout out, but I'm blanking on the name. Graham. I apologize. I think it's don't make the sequel. I'm sorry, Graham. I can't remember what your podcast is called. Let me look it up. Gotta look it up. This would be the perfectionist part of the show, ladies and gentlemen. Where well, <laughs> I don't want to leave. I don't want to leave the listeners out. Um, we've men- mentioned so many other listeners' podcasts. Uh, this is from Graham the Haunted Marshmallow, who also has his own podcast called "They Made Another One," which is another fun podcast. Nice. But uh, so Graham had a question for us and he said, and now mother, father, I lost the thing. (laughs) Good gravy. That's not a question. Here we go. If it were possible, are there any episodes you would do over? What are some ideas you've had for the podcast that never came to fruition? Shares to my favorite piece of media on the internet, horror movie podcast. Love you guys. Wow. Uh, So I I have the thing that would, that that never has come to fruition. Yeah. That we do a show. That's not three and a half hours. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah that would that would be one but i mean as far as ones that have never we've tossed around so many ideas over the years that i think we've hit 200 episodes if we had done them all we might be doing 500 right now that's true that's yeah true. and it's not that like they'll know i've i kind of feel like they're all still going to come to fruition they're just in the queue and more timely things pop up in, I, in the way yeah i think that's true and i'll be honest with you every time i mention movies that i'm thinking of reviewing for a frankenstein or anything i'm always thinking is josh going to shoot me back something saying he was thinking of a themed episode <laughs> with this movie <laughs> that, that well, is a they're josh on, they're on the google doc <laughs> yeah that's to be fair that is true um, but but josh favorite. assumes we ever check that Dave, that's yeah. Not right. <laughs> my favorite series. I don't know if, if I should say this, but one of my favorite series that I thought was really fun 
Um, I don't even want to say it because it's too good an idea. I don't want someone else to steal it. Um, okay, never so mind. Forget it. All right. I, I can't tell you, Graham, what my favorite idea was that hasn't happened yet because it's so good. It could be its own podcast, let alone but a series. Yes, on if it podcast. makes if it makes you feel better, Graham, uh, Dave and I don't know it either. Right. <laughs> but, but rest assured, there are dozens and dozens and maybe maybe a hundred ideas that have been passed around over the years that we've just not gotten to yeah. or haven't you know sure. just haven't done yet. And it's always like, okay, well, we'll get to them eventually. Um, and we'll be talking about this on our 400th episode, hopefully. And I don't, to yeah. answer the, the first part of his question, which I think was something to the effect of, is there anything we'd ever want to like do over or something? I think it kind of ties into, the, there was a question earlier that we answered about, um, there was, I think, around the idea of maybe regret or something. I'm trying to remember if there was a, yes. Well, okay. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know if that would tie into that question or. Yeah. I, I would love to redo. Friday the 13th and Halloween and Nightmare on Elm Street franchise reviews. I am down but, for that. <laughs> I mean, we're not gonna. <laughs> right, right, right. But I but I I feel like I don't know. I just feel like I learned a lot from doing those yeah. and I have a different perspective on those films now. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, those are some that I'd like to a retake on. If you're ever feeling uh, froggy, we can jump. I'm down for it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm down for it. Do you have any Dave that you'd want to redo? No, you know what? I, I don't know. I, I don't think so. Maybe episode one, since I wasn't on that one, but I, I heard that was like an eight hour episode or something. So that's funny. I don't know. Uh, but that would be the only one I could think of um, is episode one. The only one he wants to redo the one he wasn't on. There you go. Yeah, that's great. That's good. Um, okay. So there's two more questions. There are there were a couple others here that uh, we weren't able to get to, and I apologize to anyone who was kind enough to leave a question and, and we didn't get to it. These are the last two I'm going to read. This one is from David Fear. He said, what's a movie you either missed or underappreciated in the past, but now love due to covering it on the podcast? Well, guess what, Davey Dave? That is the subject of the second half or second portion, hopefully yeah. not second half. <laughs> yeah, good Lord, I hope not. <laughs> of this podcast. Wow. Yeah. We are going to talk about movies that we found through the podcast. So yeah. uh, we will cover that. And then the final question is from our good friend Shane the Maniac. He said, What's your most memorable moment in HMP history? Wow. Yeah, that's kind of hard. <laughs> uh, just my first time being here. Just the fact of, you know, when I when it was, I guess my, in my first official episode, which I guess was that top 10, you know, because I, I kind of helped out with a little bit with the previous couple episodes. But uh, for me, it would probably have to be that that first, you know, doing that top 10. It felt it made it very real <laughs> to be doing that. So, yeah, uh, right. I'll pick that. Uh, you know what? I, I, there's quite a few of them. I mean, that, that's I'm going to say I really loved our coverage of us in horror and war episode mm-hmm. 171 um yeah. in part it's memorable because when we recorded that i was at the start of my illness which would encompass the greater part of 2019 and then led to my surgery in, in september of that year recording that episode i was not feeling my best and i think i said in our year end on 2019 i almost had to walk out of us a few times because i yeah. was so sick yeah but i think the episode really is one of our best and um I, i'll stand by that absolutely Nice. Yeah, I agree with you. It is, this is a fun episode. Um, and ter- it's, it's hard to sometimes it's hard for me to differentiate between the experience recording it and then the output. And sometimes those match and sometimes they don't. Right. 
I feel like um, my favorite finished episodes are uh, Winter with Stephen King 1 when we did The Shining and Misery. I feel like that's the episode I brought it to maybe more than any other single episode in, in the show. I just felt like I was on fire on that episode yeah. in my mm-hmm. recollection. Yep. Um, and I felt really good about that out- output. Um, I also really love the Black Friday episode. Was There was something magical about it. Well, that one that's just stuck with me. Nice. Um, but in terms of recording it, you know, I've always loved the Christmas episodes. It's just something I just have fun doing those. They're episodes. your favorite. They've always been your favorite. Yeah. And I just, for some reason I have a blast doing those. Yeah. And just, I think I, you know, and I know some of our listeners don't like the religious talk and I get it, but I, I love talking about religion and horror and that just, it's a really, I feel like Christmas brings that out more sometimes. And it's been some fun discussions. Yep. All right, so I guess then that will wrap up our Ask Me Anything, and boy and howdy, did you ever. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much to everyone that contributed. And again, there were a couple people whose comments we didn't get to, and we apologize for that, but we really appreciate everyone who did contribute questions. That was a lot of you, and it took three hours to answer all your questions. So more than we appreciate it so hopefully you enjoyed that. a couple of them and i apologize for that but we still thank you for your comments and those of you that were looking for just a freaking horror movie review we apologize right <laughs> this is chris peckover and you're listening to the 200th episode of the horror movie podcast where we're dead serious about horror movies congratulations guys so i want to move into our uh little discussion our lists five horror flicks we might have never seen were it not for hmp yes i'm ready to go all right so i guess rather than doing this uh, round robin are we just gonna kind of go through our list and just maybe high level talk yeah. about why we picked yeah that that's one? yep all right absolutely. so uh dave would you want to kick I us will, off i will kick it off absolutely i'm going to go in order by episode starting with the earliest uh, number one for me is uh, from episode 41. Might have been my first themed episode. I think it was When Science Goes Too Far. It is the movie Altered States. I had seen it in pieces on cable when it played back then. I had never seen the whole movie all the way through, and I absolutely loved it. I even revisited it again recently, and I enjoyed it just as much. So uh, that's my first one. Number two. We go to, uh, it would have been horror movie, uh, the movie podcast network bonus number eight, the 2017 meetup, better watch out. Chris Peckover was there in, uh, at the, uh, I guess at the college watching it with us. Just a great experience for me. My, my wife and I flew out to Utah. It was just awesome. The meetup, meeting everybody. Um, and Joel, uh, you were there. I know everybody, just everybody yep. with the network. It was great and watching better watch out uh, was an amazing experience um and and i loved it can i uh yeah can i change my answer for most memorable hmp experience yes <laughs> oh yeah good point definitely the meetup yeah definitely yeah. the meetup yeah i'm right there with you as dave was talking i was thinking crap i should have put that on my my list of top five or in my in my top five list as well, I didn't realize I could put that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, uh, only because it's it's on HMP as True. Movie Podcast Network bonus number eight. 
It counts, yeah. man. Yeah, it counts. Uh, number three, when I do, um, put together my top 10 list for the year, I do a lot of deep dives, especially with the podcast, because I want to see as many horror movies as I can in case there are any gems out there. This is a movie I watched, and I immediately texted. Before it was over, I texted Jay and Josh saying, this is one you got to see. It's from 2018. It is Incident in the Ghostland. I remember Jay was blown away by it. Josh, I seem to remember you really liked the beginning and didn't care for the ending. Of Incident no, in the Ghostland. Yeah, I didn't like that movie. I, and the more I think about it, the less I like it. And I know it's it's one that's become more and more popular. But just something about it just didn't love yeah, it. Yeah, I, I, abs- I loved it. I really did. It blew me away. And it made my list that year. So that's my number three. Number four, we're going to uh, episode one. And that was episode 165, our top 10 of 2018. Next is episode 173, At Your Mercy 4A. It was recommended for me by Paul Lee. And it's Next of Kin, the Australian movie from the 80s. I loved that movie. I was so happy that he had recommended it. And I got a chance to see it. I saw parts of it in that um, Not Quite Hollywood documentary. And the movie itself is amazing. I absolutely loved it. And the final one, episode 189, our top hard moves of 2019. And it is, again, a deep dive. And it turned out to be um, an awesome film. And it is The Night Shifter. Absolutely love The Night Shifter. And I don't know that I would have watched it if I was not trying to put together my top list of 2019. And real quick, I did put together that how each of the hosts recommended a movie to me that I ended up watching and loving. Each of the hosts of HMP. And real quick... Jay, um, I reviewed it during the 31 Days of Halloween in 2016, recommended Alice Sweet Alice for me, and I really enjoyed that movie. We go back to episode number 76 from November of 2015. Josh had turned me on to a movie that made my overall top 10 that year, not just my horror top 10, my overall top 10, and that is The Final Girls. If it wasn't for Josh, Josh is really singing the praises of that film. I might not have seen it. And for you, Joel, um, there was a long time there where we weren't podcasting, you know, uh, together. Um, and if you recall, every few months we would hop online and just sort of shoot the breeze yep, just yep. to catch up. Yep. And during one of those sessions, you recommended a movie to me that um, uh, it's from 1988 called The Lady in White. I remember you telling yep. me about that and I did check it out and I really liked it. I think I might have even re- 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 mentioned it in episode 97, which is the horror movies for little monsters, because I reviewed it on the blog in July and we recorded that episode in September. So I think I might have brought it up on that episode, but that's one for you, Joel, is The Thank Lady you. in White. I would not have seen that if you hadn't recommended it. To I-, me. I was just ready for you to say, and from Joel... You know, we got we got another 200 episodes and eventually we'll get there. Yeah, right. Eventually we'll get there. No, but (laughs) no, the lady in white. Absolutely. All right. All right. So Wolfman, do you want to go or you want me to go? Either way. Okay. then I'll go (laughs) because because uh, Dave stepped on my thunder just a smidgen, but not horribly. So that's okay. I'll I'll let it go. Me too. There we're all in that. Of course. Of course. So uh, I'm doing it the same way as Dave. I'm going to just do them in the in the order that they were released as episodes. So right off the bat, and it's funny because you mentioned this not that long ago, Josh, but uh, the thing 2011 episode 54. Nice. And the reason is that movie, I so hated the idea of it. I, I was in that. I was through that whole like angry toddler move where you like stomp your foot down cross your eyes scrunch up your face no i'm not and then you guys reviewed it and i pretty sure that it was 
you, Wolfman, because both Jay and Doc, I remember liking it. And I think I was on the episode we had Kill Bill Kill, who did not like it <laughs> at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Matroid yeah. mm-hmm. gave it a, re- a decent review. But I remember it was you, Josh. And I think it was even beyond that episode. I, think, I don't know if we had talked or something, but it was something about the way you were talking how it, about it dovetailing with the original. And as much as I love the original, I was like, fine, I'm going to do this. And I and I I yes I don't love the CGI I really wish we had gotten um the uh, the original uh practical effects but that being said I was so pleasantly surprised by that movie uh, that is my my first pick so that's uh, the thing for 2011 and then nice. this is where Doc not you know didn't horribly step on my uh, my thunder here but episode 76 thanks to the Wolfman the final girls. Nice. I love that movie. On I can't. It, it was. I mean, I think what it was is that moment when I'm getting teary eyed. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, a, exactly. It, it's such a dramatic I film, know, too. Dude, it really a, is. It works on all the it, levels that it's it shooting. Does for. it is like I like. Am I gonna cry during a slasher parody <laughs> kind of? What is happening right now? <laughs> and so right. I just thought it was so good. Loved it so much. So. That is my next pick. And then uh, this one goes out to Doc Shock. He turned me on this movie. It's not necessarily a movie that I wouldn't. And even like the final girls. I don't know that the final girls I might have eventually seen maybe. But I just I had no like it wasn't really on my radar. So it was because Josh, this one was not on my radar at all until I heard Doc talk about it. And that oh. is from episode 161. Terrified. Oh, awesome. which was that your number one? From it the, was. It was my the, number one of 2018. Yeah, absolutely. I loved it, man. I remember my wife yeah. and I watched it. It was so good. Super creepy. Uh, yep. So that was uh, that. Was that. Now, the, those are three from me as a listener. <laughs> now, right. these next two are from when I started on the show. So it, one of them is from uh, the last episode and the one's from the episode before. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> so actually, though, this first one is from my very first ep- official episode. It's 169. It's when I did my top 10 list and we did the Women in Horror uh, theme and it is a movie that I had always been aware of that had I remember the video box I remember seeing it I just never got around to it and that is Mirror Mirror from 1990 nice and I had given it an 8 out of 10 in that episode um, it was uh, directed by Marina Sargenti and I just I remember think okay this movie's far from perfect but it was just something so quirky and that early '90s, but still very much looks like the late '80s about it. It just, I, I just, it worked for me on so many different levels. So, uh, that movie is uh, my fourth pick, and then my final pick was from my first At Your Mercy. The Mad Cytologist had made a suggestion that I see The Kindred from 1987. I ended up giving it an eight out of ten, and specifically, nice. it's the movie that. I, it's one of those movies that I always remember having the video box in every horror section of every video store I seem to ever go into. And I even just for the spirit of this particular recording, I went and dug it off my shelf. Um, I actually, because of that, went on eBay. I don't know if you can hear it. That's a VHS tape. I bought it off of a used copy off of uh, eBay. Right, Beautiful. right around the time we recorded that. Just, I think actually, I'm, I wonder if I did it like while we recorded. I feel like I did it like while we were recording. <laughs> I wasn't paying attention I do, I, to you guys. I do it all the time. That, that's how I ended up with um with that with that movie about the caveman from West Virginia. I don't uh, even know what the hell it was called. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say that's how you ended up with ten thousand movies because you're just well, podcasting. It might be. Yeah, it might be. Yeah. So uh, yeah, so the Kindred uh, from 1987, just one of those video boxes that I I just always remembered seeing, and uh, same with Mirror Mirror. And uh, yeah, 
So I was very happy that I enjoyed the movie as well. Wow. I just was thinking about Dave having 10,000 movies and that it took him seven years to review 2,500 movies. And yes. that's a lot of movies. <laughs> yes, it is. I will never see. I will never see. Because some of them are 50 movie sets. So I don't think I'll ever see every movie I own. I just wow. don't think I will. Interesting. Interesting. All right. Well, um, so mine, just a couple honorable mentions. I just, I think part of it was just watching so much for the podcast turned me on to more foreign horror that wasn't on my radar as much. I, I love Korean films, but Korean horror in particular has just become my favorite thing. And I, I attribute a lot of that to the podcast as well as Australian horror. You know, there are films like they're not my favorite films, but films like Killing Ground and The Hounds of Love that I just probably wouldn't have ever seen those films. And the loved ones, The Babadook, I would have seen. But the other ones, I don't know. And I, I love that I got to see those because of the podcast. And then um, I will go into my top five. My number five is a film that due to its content, because it's kind of like a dealing in the world of porn, it's just probably one I just would have shied away from but I was trying to watch all of the hot titles for my top 10 at the end of the year. And the more I think about this movie, the more I like it, even though it is, you know, pretty kinky and a little sleazy, but it's just a great movie. A knife plus heart from last year. I yes, just, like, wow. Excellent film. Absolutely. I agree with you. I agree it's the closest with you. we've got to a giallo in the last 30 years. Yeah. Yes, I was about to is. say, he wasn't yep. the one that had like a giallo vibe to it. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, my number four has been mentioned. It's Next of Kin. That was Dave's review for the At Your Mercy episode. And yep. his review was so enthralling to me, I immediately bought it. And it's one of the best movies I saw last year. Awesome. Um, my number three is one you guys have both mentioned, The Final Girls. This is one that because it's kind of like a, you know, gross out comedy it, you know, in terms of like when you see the trailer, it's like, oh, okay, so that's just like a dirty comedy. And I, I kind of like those movies like i enjoy super bad and that kind of stuff when i watch it but it's just not a genre that i seek out very often but i'd heard good things i watched it specifically for the podcast and as you both mentioned i went on to sing its praises to high heavens because it was just one of my favorite films that year and it works on so many more levels than just the kind of like gross out teen comedy it's billed as and it's just really good um this next section are three films that I had seen, but I gave a second chance to um, due to the podcast and ended up loving or appreciating. Appreciating, I'll say Nightmare on Elm Street. I, it's not my favorite franchise, but it's one that, um, you know, I, when I rewatched those, and especially the first one, I was like, wow, this is actually really interesting. Like, this is a great concept. It's a lot of fun. Um, the other two, Phantasm 2, I ended up loving. Mm. Friday the 13th Part 6, I ended up loving. But most importantly in this section, which is my number two selection, is Pet Cemetery. That's a movie I thought I didn't like. I wrote off. Anytime someone talked about it, I tuned out. And thanks to this podcast, you know, we had to watch that. And the original, I ended up buying the book, loving that. It's one of my favorite horror stories of all time. So you mean, and, and you mean the 89 version specifically? The, I like both, but I'm talking about the 89 okay. version is the one I'd kind of written off in my mind. And I love it now. I just love it. Yeah, so good one. Uh, I like awesome. them all. I like every version of Pet Cemetery. My number one is a film that we has also been referenced during this episode. I had a um, segment early on called Wolfman's Got Nards, where I was watching movies I was kind of like scared to subject myself to. 
And the shameful one on that list, the classic, is The Exorcist. And I never watched it. And I never wanted to watch it, but I decided I would take one for the team and watch it for the podcast. And it's literally one of my favorite movies of all time now. It's it's so good. It's an amazing movie. It and, is. It's a classic. Uh, to think that I would have never seen it were it not for this podcast uh, is crazy, actually. Remember to think about. that for In the Mouth of Madness. Not saying that they're remotely comparable, mm, but I'm just saying. Can't trick me. <laughs> um, and then just really, I know this is a lot. The last four are just honorable mentions. They're not there were movies that were going to make my list, but I thought they were worth mentioning the first purge. I didn't think the purge was for me. I love that movie. Yeah, it's Personal great. shopper. I probably wouldn't have ever watched it. Kristen Stewart. I loved it. Revenge. Same thing. I just, I wouldn't have thought based on the advertising materials, it would be for me. One of my favorite movies. That Revenge year. almost made my list as a, from my yep. listener perspective. Cause I did again, another one I was going to totally avoid, especially because of subject matter. And you guys talked me into it just listening. And I watched it actually right after I started the show. I was like, Hey, why don't I just watch it? I, yeah. thought it was great. Yeah, and the ritual, which was just, yes. I it, it was a good movie. It just wasn't on my radar, you know, just kind of under the radar film for me. But man, I love that movie, and wouldn't have seen it were not for the podcast. So awesome. So yeah, the real lesson, it. kids, is that Wolfman does a top five list. <laughs> <laughs> 12 titles <laughs> yes <laughs> I have more I restrained myself I <laughs> See, that's he proud. was here he was here all 200 episodes I was only from 199 so my top five was only eight movies got it yeah I'd say and I was here I've only been here for like like six episodes so mine was actually the five right you, you just haven't caught on yet that's uh, Joe you'll get there I'll get there I'll get there well thank you so much Josh thank you for uh all that behind the scenes shenanigans. Yeah, it's awesome. Great. This has been an awesome episode. Thank you to you both for letting me take part in this experiment. Oh. Well, th thank you for stepping in because we wouldn't be sitting here at 200 if you right. didn't probably. Yeah, it would be over. But yeah, I, I just really appreciate you guys uh, letting me take part and you know, getting to be here for the 200th episode is a real honor. And uh, yeah, I think uh, then that'll, that'll wrap up this 200th episode of horror movie podcast wow something amazing to think 200 crazy Well, that's it for this episode. We hope you'll get involved in the Horror Movie Podcast community. You can leave a comment in the show notes for this episode at horrormoviepodcast.com. That's where you can find this and all of our past episodes. You can also chat with us on Twitter at HorrorMovieCast. Please subscribe and leave a five-star review for Horror Movie Podcast on Apple Podcasts. You can also listen to us on Stitcher and Spotify. And don't forget to get your listener-designed HMP t-shirts at horrormoviepodcast.com forward slash store. We'd like to thank composer Kagan Breitenbach for creating our Horror Movie Podcast theme song. You can find more of Kagan's work at kaganbreitenbach.com. 
And a final thank you to singer-songwriter Fred Ingram for the use of his music for the horror movie podcast theme song for the past episodes. You can find more of Fred's music at frederickingram.com. Thanks for joining us, and we hope you'll be back for our next episode at Horror Movie Podcast, where we're dead serious about horror movies. Um, this one's from Trey Whetstone. He says, congrats on 200 episodes. You brought me endless amounts of enjoyment over the past several years. My question is, what are each of your Halloween fall traditions? Well, let's do that at Halloween. Come on, Trey. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's, I'm happy let's, to answer it. But... Okay, here's a good one. This is a good one to start with. Okay, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that nice spin. That nice spin. Right, Whereas right. Josh, where Josh would just, you know, call me a d- so to be done, right? We'd be good. Um, and, and so never said I've never said no, he, he totally didn't. He, that was my words. Uh, this was my first time ever saying on the show just now. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to go over to Instagram very briefly. Uh, give a shout out to a listener, Brandon Keith, but I uh, don't usually talk about it because I don't spend a lot of time over there. But Brandon Keith followed me on Instagram. He's a big fan of HMP, and I wanted to give a shout out to him. And his daughter, Emmeline, who listens to HMP with her dad. So I wanted nice. to say hi to both of them. Awesome. Apologies and, uh, to Brandon. Yep. <laughs> for Joel's <laughs> puzzle comment. Yes. Right. Oh, maybe we'll put a beep over that. Huh? Right. One of my earliest memories, though, of you, Josh, is you, swear you said the thing about how you, you jokingly like, oh, Dave, darn you, Dave. I, I don't like Dave. But yeah. I actually thought you didn't like me. And here's why. Be, because or that's what you didn't like me but i was like oh that that that, that guy's probably out of my league and i need to leave him alone and here's why i thought that initially the only reason only reason i remember this because i remember the there was like this one moment of a back and forth email i remember you and out of the blue sent me an email and i remember i was at my my old house this was my kids were still pretty young this was several years ago and you were asking me about locations in the part of florida i live in for some movie idea thing. Yes. You're, and I don't even yeah. know if you remember this, but I remember the movie. I don't remember sending you that email though. You did. You totally sent me the email and I responded and I was like, I was like, Oh, you know, I, it's, it's no secret. I used to, you know, make little indie movies and women. I was a total wannabe. I was like, Oh, here's like this real filmmaker, dude. He's like asking me questions. I would love to be, a, I'll, I'll totally go location scout for him. And I can send you this email back and I never heard word one back. I was like, Oh, Maybe I maybe oh. I got too maybe I was too I much. I wonder if I got your email. <laughs> <laughs> I, I totally and then and then I think sometime later, like time quite a bit time went by. I want to say like maybe one of the next times you and I talked was when you were approaching me about doing Universal Monsters cast. <laughs> so I was like, oh well, maybe maybe Josh right. does like me. Okay, never mind. Maybe he does like me. And then two years later, you got an email from Josh. Sounds good. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that, that yeah, those locations sound Seven amazing. Years later. Yeah. yeah, and then I learned that Josh just gets back to you when he gets back to you. It's all good. Right. Yeah. I'm really bad. I'm notoriously bad at reading emails. Um, <laughs> I'm text. no better. I'm no better. I'm no better. I'll, I'll do the same thing. I'll say, yeah, sounds good. After about six months, <laughs> <laughs> they're all gone now, Dave. Never mind. I actually, I, I can remember approximately when I met Dave. I can, re- I can remember approximately how I met Jay, but you. I feel it's just going to sound like I'm making, but I feel like I've kind of always known you. It's weird. Like I can't. Hmm. Okay. Here's one from James Dean, AKA Jimmy Dean. Just kidding. Um, he said, what is your favorite non horror related movie? By the way, my favorite moments from your show is every time DVD infatuation loses his shit and flips out. <laughs> <laughs>
Okay. We've established that's happened twice. Oh, wow. (laughs) Hi, to the hosts of Horror Movie Podcast, Dr. Shock, Wolfman Josh, and Gilman. Congratulations on episode 200. I'm Tom Savini, and you're listening to Horror Movie Podcast, where we're dead serious about horror movies. Aren't you? Holy crap. Wow. That is awesome. I just peed a little. Holy cow. <laughs> that is great. Oh. I'm like, I heard the voice. I'm like, is that? Wait. Is that? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wolfman. Gilman. Dr. Shock. Congratulations, man. Uh, episode 200? That's amazing. This is Ryan Lambert. I was Rudy from the Monster Squad. You're listening to Horror Movie Podcast, where we're dead serious about horror movies. Welcome to the goddamn oh. club. I can freaking <laughs> That's die. That's awesome. <laughs> I can freaking die now. Wow. That's awesome. I yeah. I, liter- I I was joking about wetting my pants with the Savini thing. I literally <laughs> wet my pants. That's awesome. Wow. Yeah, fun, right? That's great. That's that's beautiful. You understand? I'm just gonna like make that like my ringtone, right? I'm just gonna like. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's incredible! And there was one more that I was hoping to get. It it didn't arrive, but if I do, if it does arrive in time, I'll stick it on the end of the podcast. But the they, yeah, these were favors called in, and um, Tom Savini. I mentioned this to Dave, kind of cryptically. The first time he did it, he said, "Gilliam Joel." And I was like, I cannot have Tom Savini say Gilliam Joel right. after the Joe Bob thing. It's gonna break Joel's heart. No, that would be no, that would be awesome because then that could be like the running joke that nobody either they always forget the name or they get it completely wrong. So then I I did something that I was not I was terrified to do, which was email him back and say, sorry, I already know you went way out. Of like what is expected of you to like do this at all, but is there any chance you could redo it? Because it's not Gilliam, it's Gilman. And I was texting I Dave. Figured that this. was yeah. You were saying, oh my god, he, he messed up. So scared, he'll never talk to us again. But that's why he emphasized Gilman. I noticed yeah. that he, he, he emphasized. Oh, I thought it. he. I thought he just. I thought he just was a listener, really liked me. But you want to hear you want to hear what's funny though the sure. second so he does it the second time and he and I had to cut out because he said <laughs> so he said Doctor Shock Wolfman Josh and then he goes Gilman Joel <laughs> so I was gonna make a version that said Gilliam Joel. <laughs> That is awesome. Uh, Should almost do that just as a joke. That is, if you put it at the end, put it at the end of the the Easter egg, that's fantastic. Gilliam Joel. Yes, my new moniker, folks, Gilliam Joel. But that was very kind of them to take the time to do it. And and also very kind of Kagan to rework the song for us. I I was hoping all those things would come together, and they pretty much did. So it was exciting. Beautiful. That's a, uh, I, yeah, I'm learning things about myself that probably don't need to be on this episode. Okay, so okay. Well, <laughs> something amazing to think 200. Crazy. All right, guys. Thanks so much. I'm, I'm glad that worked. I was like, oh my gosh.